For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Red FM's Cash Machine. Yes, indeed. That's what the man says. Cork's Red FM's cash machine. 70,000 euro is up for grabs in cash. And it will be won on Thursday. 70,000 euro. So text RED to 57557. That's RED to 57557. Cost 2 euro 50 plus your standard message rate to play. you got to be over 18. You're playing across the Go Loud network of stations and you can see full terms and conditions on the Red FM website. Now, you've got till 3 p.m. on Thursday to get your text in. And that's when the phone calls will be made. Answer within five rings. Tell us the prize amount. And the cash is yours. 70,000 euro exactly. 70,000 euro. Text red to 57557. That's 57557. 70 grand. Big money. Well done. Congratulations if you win it. Uh, but send the text. The cash machine in court. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. Stories that I'll come back to in a few minutes' time with uh, Barry Roach from the Irish Times involve uh, court appearances and court cases on Lee's side. Uh, many of the papers talk of it. Uh, obviously, Barry Roach in the Irish Times, certainly the Examiner and the Echo as well. Like the front page of the Echo this morning says, I thought I would be murdered. This is a woman. You may recall it. Uh, we're talking about it on the air when the assault happened. A woman walking her dog in the park in Fromoy of a Sunday evening, sexually assaulted by a stranger. And such was the violence that she believed she was going to be raped or murdered. Now, she bravely fended off her attacker. And then two men who were in the park came to her assistance. And there was a sentencing hearing, hearing yesterday for 28-year-old Vadim Veste uh, of uh, Fromoy. He's a Moldovian national with dual Romanian citizenship. He initially claimed that he got into a dispute with a woman about her dog, but he later admitted that her account was correct. I won't go into any more of the court details for now because I'll be returning to it in a few minutes' time. And then on Lee's side, uh, in, on the south side of the city, you might recall that gruesome discovery in the south side of uh, the body um, of a man. There was, well, actually, it was a man. Let me, let me just say what the papers are saying. A man was looking for his cat in the garden of a derelict house. But instead of finding the cat, he came across the headless and dismembered body of a 64-year-old man. Do you recall that story? Um, and that's at the moment a court case in the Central Criminal Court. And the trial is of Yonid Cosmin Nicolescu, a 30-year-old, for the murder of um, Frankie Dunn. Uh, and that trial began yesterday. More on that also with Barry Rose in the Irish Times in a, in a few minutes' time. And the third story of interest on Lisa is a locum GP... And who's been accused of professional misconduct over allegedly inappropriately massaging the bum of a female patient. Um, the buttocks are the papers the same, but the, the tabloids say bum. The incident was alleged to have occurred during a late night consultation um, in an out-of-hours service in Cork more than four years ago. Now, there was, this is a fitness to practice inquiry by the Irish Medical Council uh, against Syed Rafak Ali Shah. Uh, and the allegation against him is that he massaged the buttocks of a woman in a manner that was sexually motivated. And, and then it's alleged that following on up on that, uh, it's alleged that he, he sent a WhatsApp text to the same patient four days later, which was inappropriate and had no clinical reason behind it. And a third allegation then of professional misconduct for calling the same woman at a later date, claiming to be 
his own legal representative. Uh, so it's, it's quite interesting. Now, uh, the woman said that she had been vomiting uncontrollably and suffering from dry, dry socket after a wisdom tooth extraction. That's what took her uh, to South Dock at the South Ring Business Park in Balafihan in 2018. Now, Dr. Shah, who qualified in Pakistan in 2014, didn't attend the inquiry. I think he's practicing in based, well, at least he's based anyway in Dubai now. And he didn't uh, attend because he said justice wouldn't prevail. He said he wouldn't get a fair, fairly treated. He complained that the inquiry would add to his existing stress, trauma and mental health issues. Now, that inquiry is continuing, but I think he did give an undertaking a red summer not to practice in Ireland until matters were resolved. And then a fourth case that makes the papers today is uh, from up the country, up in Connacht. We will never know exactly where, because such is the horror of this case and the evilness of the couple that people um, involved in it must be must remain anonymous. But it's an evil couple, for sure. They've been locked up for a com- combination of 33 years for the horrific abuse uh, of, two, of their two young children. They were found guilty of the repeated rape and abuse uh, of a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. Uh, and it's just awful. The mum, 40, and her male partner, 52, denied the vile offences but they took place at two different locations in Connacht between 2012 and 2014. Now, uh, the judge caged the man for 19 years and a 14-year prison sentence on the woman. And he refused any portion of the sentence. Um, suspe- he refused to suspend any portion of either sentence because he says there's no realistic prospect of encouraging any kind of rehabilitation. It's awful. And the headline in the Sun this morning says, horror abuse of a girl of five and a boy of three. Uh, and talking about abuse of children, Gary Glitter's back in jail. I mentioned the case yesterday morning on air that he was out and surfing the dark web, web or at least attempting to surf the dark web in his hostel. Um, and that was the story from yesterday morning. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was rearrested for breaching his bail conditions. And he was rearrested for breaching his bail conditions. And he was whisked away from the hostel at around six o'clock yesterday in an unmarked police car, his head covered in a blanket. Went into the detailed, um, um, yeah, you know, crimes of, of glitter with regards to uh, his paedophilic act- activity yesterday morning. So there's no point repeating that again this morning, but he's back in jail now. I see Joe Biden is going to spend five days here. He's on a pilgrimage to Ireland. More, more to the point, he's on a pilgrimage to Mayo uh, to, uh, you know, track down and trace and get some more details of his Irish roots. He's going to spend time in Belfast and in Dublin, but the majority of the time over in Mayo. And that's the front page of making uh, this morning's Irish Independent. While many of the papers from a sporting aspect Talk of two things. Cheltenham, on the one hand, what do be starting today? More on that across the morning. And then the Lineker versus the BBC match. Uh, some are suggesting that it was 1-0 Lineker. Others are suggesting it was 5-0 Lineker. But it's very interesting because um, the BBC now are taking an awful lot of criticism for, I guess, saying, OK, you can go back on, on air, um, for apologising. And the Conservatives in particularly are getting stuck in now big time. Um, He's set to return this weekend, but the Tories now unhappy with the BBC's decision. I mean, it's bizarre the way this is being, you know, the the strands off of this story, the tentacles of it. Many Tories now, senior Tories, um, want the uh, licence fee abolished. (laughs) That's how they respond um, to the BBC re-examining impartiality. Ah, right, if you don't play ball with us, we're in government. We'll take the license fee from you. They're saying, ah, it's completely out of date. 
it is anyway, as is the Irish licence fee, but that's for another day. And then, the, while they're, where they're, late, they're late coming to the party in print, but the newspapers very much online were across the Oscars, right? But you see a lot of the photographs today making the red tops and the broadsheets, particularly the style and the fashion and the criticism of Jimmy Kimmel, um, who's been slated for the string of lame anti-Irish jokes. We covered this yesterday morning. Some people were saying, for God's sake, will you get over it? They're only jokes and there's no big deal about it. And we need to be up for a bit of ridicule. But it strikes me uh, that we seem to be the only people that you can mock these days now because everybody else has been uh, has been cancelled with regards to the things they can make jokes about. But I think the Irish is still seems to be fair game. And talking about fair game, what about those one-year-old twins that were banned from a Witherspoons uh, in Northern Ireland? Uh, the Bridge House in Belfast apparently banned them because they dropped mashed potato on the carpet. <laughs> and as the parents, as the parents says, uh, the parents involved said, "No offence now." to Weatherspoons, but it's not exactly the Ritz. Uh, God forgive me, but at the weekends, it can be like a zoo in there. I mean, kids drop food. You know, if you're going to be welcoming kids in of all ages into your pub restaurant, don't have carpet on the floor if you're going to be touchy-feely about it. They drop everything. Adults do too. I mean, I often drop food on the ground. I'm sure I've dropped mashed potato on the ground or a roast potato or a chips or something. I don't know what they bar adults for doing the same thing. But anyway, they've apologised Apparently, the power of social media, when people kick off online, they said, oh, we're terribly sorry. That was an oversight on our behalf. It shouldn't happen. But there's an interesting one on diet that makes the mail this morning, saying that a Mediterranean diet could help cut the risk of getting dementia. A Mediterranean diet will cut the risk of getting everything. It's a very healthy diet. The only problem about the Mediterranean diet is it does not come with the Mediterranean climate. I always find that's the problem. Because sometimes you want hot, hearty, nourishing winter foods. You know what I mean? Uh, so a diet of seafood and whole grains and nuts and vegetables, it's all very well. But it could get a bit boring in the Irish climate. Uh, and I see Michael D recently um, came out and said that children shouldn't get any homework, particularly in primary school. And he suggested that homework should be banned. And apparently... Uh, according to the Mail this morning, children are backing the president on banning homework and they're actually writing, kids are, in their droves now, to the Minister for Education, by all accounts, Norma Foley. She has refused to entertain the idea of scrapping homework, um, saying it's not within her remit. But it's a damn good idea, I think. And I wonder what you people would think as well. Even parents would think it's a good idea because there's all sorts of drama. If everything got done in school and you just went home, even if it was slightly later without any homework. I mean, just life would be an awful lot sweeter and happier. And then as we head into uh, St. Patrick's weekend and following that, then of course Easter and Easter eggs. Do you see that uh, story in the in the Sun online and also in print this morning saying a granddad um, has a 92-year-old Easter egg um, and he thinks it might well be the oldest unopened Easter egg. He was a baby, Eric Bowden, back in 1931 when his uncle gave him a nine-inch treat to mark his very first Easter egg and his mam tucked it away and I suppose it was forgotten about and he still has it and discovered it again recently and it's never been out of the packaging. 92 years old. I mean, I wonder what, what would 92-year-old chocolate taste like? Probably fine, I would think. Now, was any other kind of an egg. You, know, you wouldn't keep it over 92 hours, never mind 92 years, but chocolate egg I'd say would be okay. And I mentioned Cheltenham, there is a Cheltenham related story making the Times today. Nothing to do with the horses, nor the jockeys, nor the whip, 
nor the betting. It's punters who apparently are taking a wee in the beautiful village of Cheltenham itself and the natives are getting fed up of it. And they put up signage, signage around the place saying, have fun this race weekend, but remember, our town isn't your toilet. Um, So the shameless visitors who pee, I suppose they might be caught short. I don't know what the story is. And then from over there to Canada, which is an interesting story. Do you ever give somebody the the finger? It's called the bird, isn't it? Middle finger. What what is your interpretation of the middle finger? Uh, Can't use the first word. F off. Can't use the first word on radio and the second one is off. Yeah, exactly. Okay, give them the bird. There's these two neighbours over in Montreal, right? And as the judge said... 911 services have better things to be doing than responding <laughs> to respond than responding to call outs because one fella gave the other fella a finger. Now, apparently See, you've just done it to me there now, so no, I'm going to have to call the going to no, call I'm the just, guardians. I'm just, I'm just giving you, you You see it. Yeah, no, like you're doing you're waving it around there now like mad. All the time. <laughs> you're making up for last time here, are you? There's two fingers for you. At, one, stop being at one stage one of the at one stage one of the neighbors <laughs> was over the side back fence right? apparently. What? <laughs> at one stage one of the dry, one of the neighbors was over the back sen- back fence at the other neighbor pointing a hand drill at him saying, "You're effing dead." You're effing dead. The other neighbour gives him the finger. So your man calls 911, right? The police come along and they arrest this fella. Happens to be a teacher. I think you know better. The right. teacher. And he was arrested for uttering death threats and criminal harassment against his neighbour. Not the guy with the drill. The guy who gave the middle finger. So he's taken away anyway. And the whole thing ends up in court. This is all very un-Canadian, isn't it? Isn't the stereotype of Canadians that they're supposed to be very friendly, apologetic, kind of, you know, quite quiet... No. Kind of, well, necessarily quiet, but no, you know, kind no, of they, Canadians can Canadians can you know kick <laughs> off. They can kick off. I mean, they, they, that was they, only in the ice rinks. They know? don't. The, the they old. don't have the. Be careful now, because we love Canadians. <laughs> they don't have the. They don't have the greatest sense of humour in the world. Right? Oh, a bit like accountants. But anyway, that, that's for another day. So anyway, it was before the it was before the court, and the judge dismissed the case against your man. And the judge said, to be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the bird is a God-given, charter-enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. I love that. A chartered, God-given right it's written to flip into, the bird. It's That's going to be set some precedent for people doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like just around the street, can you like what about what happens if a if a police officer? I suppose you could they could probably do you for resisting arrest. But you know, if a guard turns around and says, "Show me, show, show me what's in your pocket," you take it and you show the finger. I can't see that going down very well in well, front of an Olin Keller. Do, do you be charged then with resisting arrest? <laughs> yeah, I would think probably yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how that would go down here, but I'm not too worried about giving somebody the finger. It's how they react to you. When you give them the finger. Well, I mean, you know what can happen in traffic. I'd be more worried about the guy brandishing the drill saying that you're effing no, dead see, than the guy who's showing him the finger. Him. Nothing happened to him. I mean, the finger seems like a quite a, a, quite a, a subdued response to somebody <laughs> so giving you a death So it's good enough for the Canadians, lads. It's good enough for us. So um, carry on flipping the bird at people. There ain't nothing going to happen to you. Just don't do it at Cheltenham or Witherspoons, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> One final story then, which I'll come back to a little later on this morning, is apparently I saw online that a cavern man has revealed his top five tips for avoid paying for your own round of drinks. You know what they say about people from Cavan? No, I, I, I've, I've never, a, never heard. <laughs> eat their dinner from a drawer. Do you know why they do that? Oh, go on, tell me. So if somebody rings the bell on the front door, they close the drawer. 
I heard a I heard a joke before about a about a guy rigging a golf game so he didn't have to pay his caddy the uh, the tip. There's another. There's a whole swathe of Cavan. I think it's very unfair. I think this is very unfair to the people of Cavan. I'm sticking up for the people of Cavan here. <laughs> I didn't write the unfair. article. It just says Cavan man reveals his top five tips to avoid paying for a round of drinks. I'm going to share those top five tips a little later on as we head into the bank holiday weekend. But for now, we leave it at that. Okay, let's move on. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And straight to our phone calls we go uh, to the courts on Leaside yesterday. Barry Rhodes, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times, joins me this morning with two different cases to deal with. Morning, Barry. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Thank you for holding. Um, we, we first start with the Formoy story, uh, the case before Formoy District Court involving the attack on this middle-aged woman. We remember the court report, or sorry, we remember the press coverage of it back in 2021. It resulted in a, a court appearance which you attended. Can you fill us in on the backstory? Yes, Neil, it was a central criminal court actually in the city yesterday. Um, and there was a man before the court, he pleaded last month at the Central Criminal Court City in Dublin, remanded in custody to appear at Cork at Central Criminal Court here yesterday. It's a chap called Vadim Vestes, um, and he pleaded guilty to an aggravated sexual assault on a woman uh, in St. Columns Park in Fermoy on November the 7th, 2021. And we heard from the woman yesterday on her victim impact statement. She said how she feared she was going to die and that her daughter would have to come and identify her body. Uh, as she recalled how the man attacked her and sexually assaulted her while she was walking her dog in the park, as I say. Um, she uh, said he, he, she was walking and the man came up behind her, grabbed her, put his hand around her neck and around her mouth, dragged her to the ground and wrestled her to the ground and got on top of her. She said he'd me pinned to the ground and I begged and pleaded with him to stop, but he put his hand up my dress. I tried to kick him. But, shoved, but he saw something in my mouth and she couldn't breathe. Uh, she said I was suffocating. I really thought I was going to die. And then she said, I thought my little girl would have to come here to the park to identify my body. And with all my strength, I fought back. She got one hand free and she managed to scratch the chap on the face and bite him on the thumb. And uh, she screamed for help. And there were a couple of guys exercising in the park. They heard her and uh, they raced over. Um, he's, the man that is still put his fist into her mouth to try and stop her screaming and he pinched her nose and again she thought she was going to die she couldn't breathe but she managed to fight him off and then as I say when the other two men came to her rescue he got up and she said he didn't run away he actually walked away quite calmly um, Guardian the medical services or emergency services were alerted uh, the woman was taken to the south infirmary uh, to the sexual assault treatment unit there it was treated and also examined and of course in the course of that examination Gerdy obtained samples DNA samples and the Garda team we heard from Detective Garda David Barry from Formoy uh, how the detective branch there they set up an incident room at Formoy Garda station and began a major investigation they harvested a huge amount of CCTV footage from the general area around St. Cummins Park they did door-to-door inquiries they did scenes of crime examination and as a result of that intensive guard investigation, they identified Vestas. There was DNA involved, Barry, wasn't there? There was DNA involved, yeah. He was a meat uh, factory worker uh, with an arrest in Clancy Street from my. He was arrested two days later, so they moved very quickly in this, November the 9th. And he was questioned about the, um, the crime, and he made admissions and accepted the woman's version of events. Uh, as you said, DNA was involved. Guardy carried out DNA testing on scrapings that the woman had got from 
um, scratching uh, vestiges on the face. So she, they had his DNA, as it were, under her fingernails. They took those samples and they found that they matched vestiges DNA and they also recovered a woolly hat from his house in Fromoy and they found the woman's DNA and that confirming that that was the item that had been shoved into her mouth and stopped her screaming. So there was good solid evidence, good solid work done now in terms of getting this uh, uh, conviction here. And um, we heard then that Vestas was a Moldovan national with dual Moldovan and Romanian citizenship. He'd come to Ireland on December the 29th, 2020. Yeah, um, and that was only three weeks or less than three weeks after he'd been released from jail in his native Moldova. We heard that Gardi had liaised through Interpol with the Moldovan authorities and established that he'd served three years in Moldova for the rape of a minor there in 2016 and he also had convictions for burglary and possession of drugs for his own personal use. We're not sure whether the release in prison was from the um, was from the, um, the the rape sentence or whether it was one of the other convictions. But he but served three years for rape of a minor. Years, minor, no. His defence counsel said he actually knew the girl. He was 20 at the time I think um, but they knew nothing about that previous conviction I think until very late in the day well, did they part of, part of the problem was his defence counsel Jim Roach he's changed solicitors a number of times and it was only just before the case yesterday that they learned of the previous conviction uh, because it had gone to the previous firm of solicitors but the solicitors representing couldn't know yeah. that until yesterday yeah. so they applied for um they said they would ideally, or they, they wanted it in German so they could get a psychologist's report on him, given that there was a previous offence. And uh, Judge, Mr. Justice Paul McDermott, said he was concerned, that the court was concerned, that there was a previous conviction. And it was important, he said, that the court would have as much information as possible as to Vista's motivation for such offending. And also, he wanted to be able to assess, or the court wanted to be able to assess, the risk he posed of reoffending and his prospects of rehabilitation. So he agreed to adjourn it, and he also then requested a probation welfare report on Vesta, so he'd have as much information uh, as possible. Uh, but there will be a sentence, but come but June. Yeah, he's remanded in custody till June, and he's been in custody since he was arrested on the 9th, or since he was charged on the 11th of November uh, 2021. So he's been in custody over a year effectively but he's still in custody until June the 12th when he will be sentenced at that point presumably the, the court will uh, defence will be presented psychological report mm. and the uh, uh, court the judge will have obtained a probation report on him as well so that should um, assist the court as well in terms of determining the type of sentence he's, he's to get Was that a victim impact statement in the criminal victim, court? Uh, yeah a victim impact statement by the woman yeah, she, yeah. She, yeah. It was a very she, powerful where, where she said she, she found strength from somewhere to fight back yeah, because of her very, little girl. It was very much from the heart, you know, it was very, um, very immediate, very powerful and very much from the heart, as I say, like, uh, you know, you really almost felt the woman's terror because uh, she just conveyed it so vividly and so, so forcefully that, you know, she's there, thing is stuffed her mouth, she can't breathe, she thinks she's going to die. Uh, she's not aware I suppose she didn't say this but it was dark so we don't know whether she knew there were people in the park when she screamed she just obviously screamed in absolute terror and thankfully there were two people nearby who came over and he he got up and left at that stage uh, and you know as she said as well uh, you know that she um, she said she'd no doubt but he was a very very dangerous man and she paid political tribute to the Gardaí thank God I survived to be here today she said to tell my story he's a very very dangerous man thanks to 
the defective guard David Barry and the guard of Catchum he tried to suffocate, suffocate me and I do believe that he would have gone on to kill someone else if they hadn't caught him so she was quite like obviously hugely appreciative of the guardian yeah. but very much stressing the danger that she felt this man posed she said I thought my little girl would have to come to the park to identify me and with all my strength I fought back and got one hand free yeah. scratched no, his a, face bit his thumb horrific story really yeah. really terrifying ok so back uh, adjourned for sentencing on June 12th and um in, in other news, but in the same court, the Central Criminal Court, as you say, uh, sitting here in Cork, was uh, Yonat Cosman Nicolescu, uh, who denies the charge of murder of Frankie Don. Yeah, that, that, um, the, the Vestas case was, was first up yesterday morning, and then I suppose that was concluded by, um, I don't know, maybe there was an hour, an hour and a half. And then later in the morning, a jury was sworn in, to try the case of this man, uh, Unit Cosman Nicolescu, and he's charged with the murder of Frankie Dunn on a date unknown between the 27th and 28th of December 2019 at Castle Grinehouse, Boring Manor Road. Um, he was arraigned, as I said, Central Criminal Court, he denied the charge. And what we got yesterday was an outline of what the state say will will be their case and what they will present as evidence. Ray Boland, senior counsel, he began by warning the jury that there were, quote, unfortunately, some gruesome aspects of this case that you will have to listen to. And then, as I say, he proceeded to give a broad outline of the evidence the state expects to call in the case, which is, we hear, likely to run three weeks. Uh, Frankie Dunn, he said, was an alcoholic man who was living at Clan Morning House. It's a high support housing unit run by Cork Simon in the Borley Manor Road. And he sometimes used to go drinking in the grounds of Castle Grain House nearby, which was unoccupied. He said they would hear evidence that after leaving Clan Morning House at 7.20pm on December 27th, uh, Frankie Dunn went to an off-license on Douglas Street called the Offie, bought some drink. And the state would hear evidence from two men passing by Castle Grain House at 8.24pm, about an hour later, who heard, he said, quote-unquote, things from the property as they pass, as they pass by. He said the state would also produce evidence that the accused... Um, Nicholas, Mr. Nicolescu, a Romanian, who's been in Ireland for a number of years and was working uh, as a chef in the Silver Quay. He left Aldi in Cork City Centre at 7.54pm and returned to Castle Grain House where he'd been squatting. Now, Mr. Bowden said the house would produce, or the state, sorry, would produce evidence that although the unoccupied house was boarded up at the ground floor level, Mr. Nicolescu had obtained access to the property through a broken upstairs window and he'd gone up there via a flat roof and he was squatting there without any electricity or any plumbing. He said the state also produced evidence that on the night of the 28th of December 2019, a local man called Joe Pierce, he went looking for his cat and he gained entry to the gardens of Castle Grainer House and began searching for the cat only to find a dismembered body when he looked under a tree. Could you imagine it? Oh, I mean, it must have been shocking and horrific to, to, to be greeted by that sight. The body of the man, he said, was naked, save for, or Mr. Boland said, was naked, save for his, 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 his socks and he was missing both his is distressing for listeners now missing both his, his, his head and his arms yeah. the arms were found hidden under bushes nearby and then Gardy got a search team Gardy were alerted got a search team went in and they found um, the man's um, clothing and his head stuffed in some black saff, refuse sacks the scene was preserved and uh, the body was identified as that of, of Mr Dunn um, it was removed for a post-mortem to Cork University Hospital where uh, state pathologist Dr Heidi Ockers she carried out the PM and she confirmed that the man had died from compression of the neck and blunt force trauma to the head and I suppose that the dismemberment happened after he had died so 
she also said that they found fragments of glass or she found fragments of glass in his skull and fragments in his clothing and that was consistent with him being hit in the head with a glass bottle. Gardy again began a seriously major observation uh, investigation and their focus led them to or their investigation led them to focus on Mr. Nicolescu who stayed at Castle Grainer house, uh, house that night the night of the 27th went to work as normal on the following day the Saturday the 28th they were able to establish but then that night he when he returned he discovered Gardy were at the place at the Castle Grainer house because it was cordoned off so he stayed somewhere else that night went to work again on the 29th and then that night uh, they said you would, they will hear they will produce evidence that he left Ireland went to um, Dundalk Cork to Dundalk Dundalk to Belfast from Belfast he flew to Edinburgh and then he flew to Romania and that led the Gardaí to travel to Romania in the new year yeah, didn't the, it the jury, the jury will hear evidence uh, Roy Boland said of Gardaí travelling to Romania on January the 16th 2020 and they were present they didn't have powers of interview or questioning but they were present when Romanian police um, he presented himself voluntarily at Romanian police station with, in the company of his lawyer and he was questioned by Romanian police about Mr Dunn's death and dismemberment obviously on foot of the information the guard were giving and my understanding is that was a Romanian guard uh, went with the party of Cork Gardaí guard, Romanian guard based in Cork so obviously they had the benefit of somebody who was thrown in Romanian he said uh, Ray Boland said that the Michalescu told Romanian police and the jury will hear that that he returned to Castle Grena House on the 27th of December to find Mr Dunn unconscious on the ground at the front corner of the house and two men one armed with a machete and one with a knife standing over him he said the jury would hear that Michalescu Michalescu told Romanian police the man the men threatened him and forced him to help them dispose of Mr. Dunn's body, which was taken to the back garden, where one of the men cut off Mr. Dunn's head and arms with a knife. He said the jury would also hear that Mr. Nicolescu said he was instructed by the men to put Mr. Dunn's body and arms under the tree, and he was instructed to put Mr. Dunn's head and clothing into a refuse sack, and he pl- complied with their orders as he was afraid of them. Um, he said then the he told Romanian police as well the jury will hear this Mr Bonin said that when he turned around after placing Mr Dunn's body under some bushes the two men were gone but Mr Bonin said it was the state's case that these men never existed that they were phantoms and that it was Mr Nicolescu who killed and dismembered uh, Mr Dunn's body mm-hmm. that's the opening day of the case uh, as I said that was the opening yesterday we're back in evidence today and as I say so that was the outline of the prosecution's case and you just finished there with the outline of the defence case on behalf of... Well, well, that's what he said at the time. So um, that's what he told Romanian police when he was questioned by Romanian police on behalf of Gardaí in Romania. So uh, we've been told the case will run three weeks or so. Uh, it's in front of Mr Justice Paul McDermott, the same judge, and a jury of four men and eight women. So it starts off or resumes today at Anglesey Street uh, Courthouse at half ten. And as I said, run all this week and another two weeks afterwards. We and our thoughts with the family of Frankie Don, obviously, yeah, because but it's, it's going to be a very distressing case for a lot of people, yeah. at least Mr. Don's uh, family, who have to listen to this evidence over the coming days. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, we're going to hear from the various witnesses, as I said, including the man whose cat went missing, who made the, the shocking discovery. You'll be back in court at half past ten, then yourself. I'm heading in now. Okay, I'll let you get on with it, Barry. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. Two very distressing cases before the Central Criminal Court sitting in Cork at the moment. Lines are open. You can text 0868104106. I see the text coming on already, uh, not in connection with the uh, the second case that we mentioned, but certainly in connection with the first. Um, and that would uh, be the case where you have somebody who came in from another jurisdiction, um, uh, Moldovan with Romanian citizenship coming to Ireland 
uh, less than three weeks after being released for serving a prison sentence in Moldova um, for uh, the rape of a minor in Moldova. Uh, and further convictions as well of burglary and possession of drugs for their own personal use. Uh, texters are saying, just goes to prove we have zero immigration laws here where a convict criminal or a convicted criminal walks into this country. Text 0868 104 106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text in WhatsApp 086-8104-106-Corks-Red-FM. Okay. Well, the traumas that people go through. Uh, I received a handwritten letter. says, Dear Neil, um, I don't mean to upsetting anybody, but th- this, this I received in the post. This week, I am committing suicide. I don't want sympathy. I don't want to go fund me. And I don't want penny dinners. Uh, I just have had enough of this country. I'm on my own. No family. On disability pension. ESB, gas, coal, food prices are crippling me. I also owe 700 euro household tax. The government gives with one hand and takes away with the other. And people like me are not wanted in this awful country anymore. You do great work for the likes of me. Many thanks. And feel free to read this out as there are many just like me who really have had enough. All the best. Um, It's just awfully sad. It's just a a one-pager. It's handwritten. Uh, and it talks of the trials and tribulations and struggles of an individual who just can't take it anymore. I, I hope to God that you wrote that in the moment and that you're still listening to me and it was just written in the moment and you won't do what you say you're going to do. And God knows, I hope you haven't done what you've said you're uh, going to do. If you are, if you've done, and I'm just maybe pleading with others that might feel anywhere like this individual, male nor female, I do not know. Um, but I do know that there is help uh, and amongst them uh, the numbers um, that can be contacted are the Samaritans on 116123 and if you are if you are listening to me and you're feeling down um, there is always help there uh, and I'm not I'm not being you say I don't want sympathy that's fine no sympathy okay no GoFundMe uh, no penny dinners but there is still help with everything that you're talking about there's even help with ESB gas and and food prices, you know, uh, and bills. And there certainly is help with regards to the household tax. For God's sake, we'd pay the household bill tax for you. Uh, so if you're listening, would you, would you ever get in touch with either the Samaritans on 116123 or if you give me a call or a text here at the radio station, um, then we can put you in touch with people who will be able to help because, um, you know, there's always help. There really and truly is. And hopefully at some stage in your life there will be some light at the end of the tunnel that you can walk towards. All right? So I hope I'm not too late with that plea of intervention, but do get in touch. Text 86 because all of the things that you're going through now at the moment, you can be helped with. Uh, God knows we've helped others in the past and, um, and, and they're very thankful of it and I'd love to count you as one of them. So do text 86 106. But people are struggling and uh, I want to get some more calls on the air this morning because Elena was due on air yesterday. It was an email she sent me over the weekend and I didn't get time yesterday. I was going to read it out on the air, but thankfully she joins me by phone. Elena, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? And and it is a story, of course, of eviction, an eviction notice that will see you and your daughter homeless. Yeah. Okay. You have a privately rented house with the help of HAP and you top up on the HAP then. Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you got a, an eviction notice some time ago, but that would have paused, wouldn't it, because of the eviction ban? 
Yes, so my eviction notice actually was given to me before the eviction ban was put in place. Um, so it was all above board and everything. Yeah. I was given plenty of time. I was given six months. So my notice to quit is the end of next month. So mm. obviously the eviction ban will be lifted before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and did the landlord give you a reason? Um, I, I'm not sure. I think it's just personal financial reasons. Um, I know that she didn't really want to sell um, and it's it's that that's personal to her I guess and she did as much as she could for me in the sense of giving me enough time and everything like that she's been a great 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 okay. landlord Okay. Do, yeah. do, you mind if, do you mind if I just read a bit what you sent to me because you can correct me if I'm wrong it says my landlord is wanting to sell the house to the council with us yeah. in situ um, mm-hmm. so that, how, how come you're being evicted if he just wants to sell the council who are buying everything at the moment want mm-hmm. to buy it and you to stay in it yeah. Why can't that happen? Um, so the tenant in situ scheme um, is a bit of a mess at the minute. Um, there's a, a huge low uptake on it. Like the target they set was 1,500. Um, and for instance, in Dublin, between the four councils, they've only bought 13 homes and there was over 400 offered to them. Um, the local authorities are not taking up on this. Is there the a Cork number as to how many Cork County Council or City Council? There was 19, I think, local authorities that didn't respond with a request to figures and I couldn't find a, requ- um, I couldn't find a figure for Cork. So Cork City Council didn't even respond with a figure as to how many yeah. they had bought with tenants in situ? Yeah, and this, this is the problem that we're finding. The lack of communication and the lack of drive with Cork City Council has been insane at every turn it's taking so long like to say that we're in a homelessness crisis and a housing crisis to my experience everyone in the council is moving at an absolute snail's pace like it's it's no wonder we're in a crisis it's okay. ridiculous. so the landlord wants to sell was happy to yes. sell it to the council on the basis yes. that you would stay on as a tenant uh, yes. but the council are moving at a snail's pace with regards we've, to tenants. We've literally heard nothing. So we've we put in the application actually twice. Um, so the first application uh, to sell to the council with tenant in situ was handed in. I handed it in myself in person um, to a housing manager in Cork City Council on January 9th. Um, so that was quite a while ago. I was informed that day that just to start the process would take up to 12 weeks um, and I was informed that day that they had roughly 50 applications for tenants in situ in at that time um, and then later on um, this was my own fault but um, I didn't realise that when you get an eviction notice you have to actually have it formally validated by threshold um, I didn't do that anyone I had talked to TDs, councillors, City okay. Hall no you one had, had that, told yeah. me that I yeah. needed to do that yeah. so as soon as I found I needed to do that. I did that, um, and then that got validated um, February twenty first. Okay, but um, well, would the landlord not, wait a little longer? Do you think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but the she's tried to call numerous times and email numerous times to get an update. No one answers the phone. Um, I went into City Hall myself to the housing department um, in February to see if anyone would give me anyone else's name or direct line or email because she was just getting through to a switchboard and no one was answering. Um, and I got two names. Um, I don't their... want to know those names, obviously. No, no, I, w- I won't give any How did you fare out? Um, again, no answer. 
no response to emails, nothing. That's appalling. So, that nobody answers their yeah. phone extension. It's appalling that people don't yeah. answer emails from within the department that they, the department they have jurisdiction over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating for you. It's very frustrating. Like there's been several things with me with the council where I just I'm not getting anywhere with them. Um, I'm not getting responses. There's been no communication. I understand they won't talk to me with the tenants in, in situ application because I'm the tenant. I'm not involved in the, the sale of the house. Um, but my landlord can't get through to them. There's but what does no it take no to make contact with somebody? In Is this city council or county council? This is city council. Okay. What does it take for an individual to actually to get through to a department and have a conversation with somebody anymore or to get a response to an email or even an automated response that would even say yeah. something? Yeah, it's just everything's moving so slowly. Even um, my housing application, I had to reapply as a single parent. Um, they they lost that. That's a separate story. But I put in a... Um, an application over three weeks ago to for to request data um, and I only just today received a letter saying we received your application. Okay and for the six so, month period even while we were through the eviction ban you know mm-hmm. were, were you actively looking for somewhere? Oh yeah I've, I've been looking excuse me left right and centre. Um, tell us a little I, bit about that. Um, well going through the, the regular things like DAFT um, I've applied for numerous houses on that um, and you get basically an automated response via email and one of the first questions on it is your gross annual income um, and as a single parent my gross annual income isn't flattering to uh, landlords um, in the private sector so I have never once got another response you after don't that have a chance up against, you don't have a, don't chance, have a chance up chance against in, others yeah. and you can't sector, no. you can't make up a figure because you have to prove the figure do you exactly yeah, yeah. so you're you're yeah. never ever going to get a look in no I've, I've never once got an, a further response from that and I've I've applied for dozens and dozens and dozens and Cork as well it's kind of who you know so I've I've literally told everybody to keep an ear to the ground for So you never got a viewing no I you had. never got an appointment to no. see nothing never No okay No okay so what will you do your daughter's 5 years old going to primary school I would imagine mm-hmm. and you're she trying is, to hold yeah. down a job and rear her at the same time alone what are your prospects like Um they're not good um I'm in panic mode at the minute. Um, I'm really pushing. I've gotten on to counsellors, I've gotten on to TDs um, and even that is unpromising. Like for instance, a couple of months ago I was emailing a counsellor um, for Cork South Central and their advice to me was to wait until you get your notice to quit, wait until April and then bring your daughter into Cork City and present yourself as homeless. But you'll go to Edel House then? Possibly, but that that's that's something that's absolutely terrifying. And I know there's there's so many people in that situation. But what's frustrating about it is that there's a solution that their Daryl Breen is pushing the the tenant in situ scheme. He's given targets. He's pushing local authorities to buy, they're, yeah, and, and but, they're just not moving. But your evidence like, is that they're moving at a snail's pace, while at the same time there's 167,000 yeah. vacant houses and apartments, yeah. according to last year's census in Ireland, 167,000 of them. You, you will go to either Edel House with your daughter, because there's a facility for mothers and children, 
or you yeah. would go into perhaps a B&B, possibly a hotel mm-hmm. or a guest house at best. Yeah. yeah, which again is costing the state way more money. It's And it doesn't make sense to me because, and I understand I'm in a, I'm in a much better I'm in better circumstances than a lot of people are, whereas this is possibly an option. There is possibly a solution. But even to catch the people in similar situations to me that are verging on homelessness, but there's a solution. I'm on the housing list. I'm in receipt of half. I have a need. And there's a solution. There is a house here that you're being pushed to buy under this scheme and you're not doing it. You're only adding to the homeless statistics. It just doesn't make any sense to me when there's a solution that's being pushed on them and they're not doing anything about it. You get on well with the landlord, so much so that you wouldn't want oh, to stay yeah. beyond your eviction date, no? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. She's She's been great since day one. She she is one of the best landlords that I've had, honestly. Um, and even with the time, like my last two houses were pretty much sold underneath us as private tenants. We got the bare minimum of notice. I and know, that was I know. Really but she gave me as much notice as she possibly so could. So you wouldn't be inclined to go back and say, listen, this is the predicament I find myself in. Is there any way at all you'd stall the ball for a few months to see if we can get this across the line? No, I mean, it, it oh, might okay. be a chat next month if we're really coming up to the pillar or if we've had some kind of communication or update from the council. I'm so sorry if for she, your story in one sense that yeah. you don't have anything in the private sector because you're on your own and don't meet the gross mm-hmm. annual threshold. Well, not threshold, but they'll go for somebody with more money than you. Yeah, of course. And city council sit on their hands on so many things. Um, The the best I can do is that if somebody is listening that may be able to help or might be able to intervene or may be able to offer you something, um, that would be terrific in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have about seven weeks left um, in this house I know. and I'm just I'm praying to everybody <laughs> that uh, there's just at least some kind of communication at least if the process were to get started or we hear something but we're literally in limbo at the minute no yeah. one is talking okay. to us okay okay let yeah. us make some inquiries as to where Cork City Council are with regards to uh, tenants in situ and also mm-hmm. if anybody's listening to our conversation they may be able to help perhaps they get in touch with me and you stay in touch as well if you have an update okay Okay, thank you. Thank you, Elena. It's not the easiest thing in the world to be discussing your life story, but thank you for that. It may make a difference. Thanks so much for now. Okay, thanks, Elena. Text 0868 104 106. Back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Red FM's Cash Machine. And it's your chance to grab €70,000 in cash. Imagine what you could do with that amount of money. And it could be yours. Just text RED to 57557. That's the word RED to 57557. It's a cost of €2.50 plus your standard message rate to play. You've got to be over 18. You're playing across the Go Loud network of stations. And there are full terms on our website at redfm.ie. But you must get your text entry in by 3 p.m. Thursday. That's when we could be calling you. Answer within five rings of the telephone. Tell us the prize amount and the cash is yours. It's that simple. 70,000 euro. Exactly. 70 grand. Text red to 57557. That's 57557. Good luck. The home of the cash machine in court. Now. 
The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Uh, and some texts already in in the last hour or so. An accident just before the Kinsale Road roundabout heading west on the South Ring. There was apparently four cars involved. I hope we're not too late with that. Uh, it's certainly causing holdups. Very sad news this morning with uh, Cork Bureau reporting that our guardy are investigating uh, after a body was discovered uh, taken from the River Lee Union Quay last night. They were on the scene. The body was removed to the CUH for a port mor- post-mortem examinations. Very, very sad. Uh, and that's being reported by Cork Bio online this morning. Body recovered from the Lee. Um, don't give out my details, but look at this hospital last night while on shift. A nine-hour wait to get uh, sent in. Somebody sent me a video of at least a dozen ambulances and cars queuing up in lines of four outside the A&D uh, looking to just offload patients. Thank you for that video. Nine up between eight and nine hour wait they're saying at a Waterford hospital. Shocking. Uh, and to the court cases that I covered this morning both before the Cork Criminal Court that's sitting the Criminal Court which is sitting at Anglesey Street at the moment. Uh, one texter says, mentioning Moldovian origin, blah, blah, blah. I don't hear you say a person is of Irish or British origin when you talk about criminals. Stop this racial profiling on air, please. Uh, I'm assuming you would say stop the racial profiling as well in court reports and in newspaper coverage and things like that. Um, it, it's not racial profiling in my opinion it would be completely and utterly irrelevant if for instance the individual uh, who uh, is was before the courts and will be sentenced for the crime hadn't raped a minor in another jurisdiction got out of jail and came straight to Ireland I think the issue that many people have and I'll read out the text in a moment is perhaps our border control and the safety of citizens. Uh, Lisa says, for instance, how did that guy get into a country after getting out of prison in Moldova for raping a 14-year-old and travelling here a few days later? Is anyone going to be held accountable for this? I don't feel safe in our country anymore. Uh, And some more. Just goes to prove we have no immigration laws when a convicted criminal walks freely into this country unchecked. Uh, Both of the cases you're speaking about this morning are totally horrific. My heart goes out to the poor woman in Formoy that was sexually assaulted. And I knew poor Frankie done most of my life. Uh, Most of the brutal cases I hear about in recent years are foreigners, but I suppose they're here looking for a better life. It's a pathetic government. Um, I understand your anger with regards to the case in Formoy. For sure I do. The second case is before the courts, so I can't comment on that regarding uh, the killing of uh, Frankie Dunn. But I don't think it is fair to say that most of the cases that we hear are, are foreigners. I gave you statistical evidence last week that split um, uh, criminal activity by virtue of birth and country of birth. Uh, I can revisit that again later if needs be. The message that we have no immigration checks on people entering the country is loud and clear. To add to that, we also have poor guard of vetting. The recent story of a sex convict working in a Dublin hospital springs to mind. Uh, somebody else suggests if we had the far right in power, like other European countries, these crimes wouldn't be happening. James says, it's maddening hearing all of these stories this morning from people in court, particularly regarding the sexual assault case of that woman by a Moldovan. Why do you think people in this country have a problem with undocumented people coming in? Here we have a documented guy and no background, no red flags were showing up 
for the rape of a young person. See the bigger picture here, people. Tougher laws are what Ireland needs, says James. You should talk to Mick Barry again or someone from the left and ask about those crimes you mentioned this morning. I would love to hear their responses. And one or two other then on different topics. I spoke about, um, you know, that would be a good thing if kids didn't get homework. Our class sizes are way too big to scrap homework, Neil. You can't expect a teacher who is teaching a class of up to 30 to catch any learning difficulties or issues that the children may have without homework. Our class sizes are among the largest in Europe. It's during homework time that parents will often pick up if our kids are struggling with certain things. Otherwise, we will never know about it. Uh, and one or two more. Yes, uh, can I acknowledge an awful lot of issues down in Carrigaline. It's due to the closure of a road. Uh, I think it's called part of Church Road in Carrigaline between the junction with the Estuary Estate and the junction at Coolmore Cross. Now, I know that sounds very, very technical, but it's causing all sorts of chaos in Carrigaline, Cars Hill and Ringeskiddy. I got a text this morning. It is saying it is taking me an hour and a half. In fact, I'm an hour and a half late for work. You really should be looking at who's causing and why is there such chaos and uh, with regards to people travelling in the morning. I'd love to talk to others on that. I know the lads are working on this story at the moment and I hear breakfast this morning talking about also, and yesterday morning as well, all sorts of delays. Uh, I looked at a property down in West Cork recently and I was told there was lots of interest from abroad, including a huge offer on the property from overseas. So where are the Irish going to live when we're up against this crap? I suppose anyone can buy a house here or overseas. You wouldn't know the reasons for it overseas. Could be somebody coming home. It could be somebody wanting to move here. I don't know. And just a quick shout out for my beautiful wife's birthday today. Her name is Lynn. We love her more than anything in this world. She's 43. She does so much for everyone and everything for herself. Myself, Stephen and my daughter Ava would love to wish her a very happy birthday. Thank you to everybody at Red FM. So happy birthday for today. In fact, talking of Wives are indeed talking of mothers. You know, we're heading into uh, Mother's Day uh, this weekend uh, and it's on Sunday, March 19th. So I put together um, a lovely list of prizes. If you would like to, over the coming days, enter uh, a Mother's Day giveaway. We have some fabulous vouchers from Michelle Jewelers. We've got four of them. They're worth €250 each from Michelle Jewelers. Great supporters of this program down through the years and uh, great advertisers as well. And we should always bear in mind local businesses when you're thinking of making a purchase. So thank you to Tim Keane and the gang at Michelle's. We also are putting together an overnight stay uh, spa package and an overnight um, hotel as well. So I'll come back to you when I have further details on that one. But as usual, Stacey at Shandon Flowers have given us five bouquets of flowers again for Mother's Day. Thank you, Stacey. You're a diamond. So we have those. And I got some lovely lunches, Mother's Day lunches to give away in the Metropole and the Cork International Hotel. So the deal here is to text or email for now. Um, uh, tell us all about your man. We're looking for the most fun-loving man, the most inspiring man, the most eccentric man, the most energetic man, the wittiest man, the most supportive man, the man who changed your life. So your mammy stories, please. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie and we'll start on those. Perhaps a little later on this morning, but certainly tomorrow. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 as well. A lot of different stories making the news at the moment that I'm dealing with. There's one of them actually from Cork City Council's library that I was reading this morning. Owen English is covering the story uh, for the examiner. And that's the library, uh, which has a, a book in there called... Um, 
this book is Gay by Juno Dawson. Uh, and it's the subject, actually, of a lot of coverage at the moment because it seems as if, because that book, and I don't know if there are others like it, but certainly that book is in the library, it's in the central library, and the staff now are being subjected to intimidation and horrific verbal abuse, apparently. They've reported it to the Gardaí, a number of recent incidents at the library involving people opposed to the display of the material. Um, A number of library staff have been subjected to verbal abuse and paedophile slurs by people who have entered the building in recent weeks to object to the display of LGBT plus reading material. In one incident in recent days, Owen English says an individual grabbed a copy of Juno Dawson's book, This Book is Gay, and ripped it up. Um, A statement for Cork City Council said staff at the library um, um, have been subjected to campaigning from groups who object to the LGBT plus reading lists, which are available to young adults. What I can't find out, and perhaps somebody will tell me, is what they mean by young adults. Um, uh, you know, at what age would it be age appropriate for, you know, a, a boy or a girl to read the material? I don't know what section of the library it's in. Uh, I'd like to know because there has been some pushback about this book in the UK, right? Uh, because apparently they were raising red flags there about it being available to under 12s, for instance. But I do see the Labour councillor, John Marr, brought this up at last night's council meeting, uh, saying that we need to send a message of solidarity to the library staff. He says, we've seen staff being intimidated, videoed against their will and being called horrible names. And he, he's, in, he's asking those, urging those, those involved to stop the bully boy tactics to put your names on an election poster instead and to engage in politics. Now, we did uh, invite uh, Councillor John Amar on air this morning, but he declined, and, and I appreciate that, but he's made his point, and that's the point he wanted to make, that we need to support our library staff. Uh, so I will be coming back to that. Perhaps you've got thoughts on a text 0868-104-106. But meanwhile, um, you know, I was talking at the back end of la- last week that there was um, a problem down in Middleton as to whether they would have a St. Patrick's Day parade or not. I was telling you that it was cancelled. They tried to get as much support as they could from local businesses and local volunteers. And those behind it said that, quoting Cork BO this morning on this one, um, those behind it said that they just didn't get the support that they needed. Uh, So they had to concede eventually that the parade could not go ahead this year. Others now have come out and said, "Okay, let's see if we can pull this one from the fire this side of St. Patrick's Day, which is Friday, and try and get some kind of a parade for Midland, because it's a big town. I mean, you're talking about twelve to 15,000 people in the, the general area around it, and then tens of thousands of others then in the greater district surrounding it. So Seamus went to uh, Middleton yesterday, to the streets of Middleton, just get the views of Middletonians on the uh, lack of parade this year. <laughs> really what's the truth there because they're talking about the girl the other day was saying that they couldn't get volunteers because they were being abused when they were asking people not to go down certain roads in their cars so I mean where do they go from there like I wouldn't be a great 
I suppose, advocate for parades. I don't tend to go to them, so I suppose that's about as much as I can say about it. For businesses, it obviously would draw in a lot of people into, into town. It would, but most businesses would be closed on Patrick's Day because it's a public holiday, so I don't know that it would be much benefit other than for the coffee shops and that. That's just my opinion. I suppose in one, in one aspect it's sad because I think it's good for kids, but at this stage of my life I've outgrown it. Volunteering, I know with 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 the church and that, very hard to get volunteers anyway. And I think it's less and less people are inclined to volunteer. Maybe they don't have the time. I don't know. Or they, they just feel that you know, if you're not paid for it, it's not worth doing it. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's sad, isn't it? It is. And you see, the problem is, you still have a few people who do it, and and they're kind of left doing it do you know what I mean and that, that's another reason why if you've been burned a few times probably you won't volunteer again for fear there's no one there under you that's it. <laughs> and two others would be a good crowd if I ever passed by it so yeah but it's like with everything it's very hard to get people to volunteer and I mean we like uh, I'm, I'm involved in volunteer groups and we see it that you know it's very hard to get people to help out with running the various different groups They'll put their kids into into whatever the activity is, but they won't actually step up to volunteer and help out themselves, so I think that's a big problem. Very sure you miss it. I was here every other year. Do you know, and it is for the children. Yeah, they're saying it's a lack of interest from the public in stewarding it and uh, lack of financial support then as well. Probably is, but sure everything has gone so expensive. So I suppose that's the reason why. Do you know, sh- shops here have enough to keep their business is going. But wouldn't it have drawn a lot more people to the area like it would have It probably would and holiday makers and then people passing through but that's that's life and that's the way things are going. So should you speculate to accumulate? We just have to go with the flow. Disappointing that's how they can say. Because they're saying it's a, a lack of interest from the public in volunteering. Well, Mr Stewart's got a lot of abuse last year so that's and the and biggest problem they, they can't get stewards it's very hard so. and a lot of and lack of support then as well for financial support and stuff that's what they're saying but I can't really comment it otherwise it's a of hard but I can't really comment it otherwise yeah. do you think a lot of businesses might not have an interest in running it this year then well I wasn't asked for any support I'm in business myself so no one came to me to pull money so that doesn't you know yeah it's actually really sad isn't it I was trying to, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, actually. Should we go to the city? Yeah. He won't go in his pram, so I have to carry him everywhere, so... But I suppose we all expect other people to do the work, like, you know. I would have volunteered now. Now that I think of it, like, I should have volunteered to do something to help. Yeah. Probably just need more PR around it, today. Or else we'll all just head off to the city. Yeah. I think those kind of events uh, would definitely benefit the whole community and the shops uh, locals around so it's a shame that it was not possible to do that yeah, for me it's the same uh, it's for for children you know so it's very important for the community it's very important for for the people and we need to stay connected to it all the city and it's sad because this year we need to move to park but we are we you know, for a little prosperous town like this I mean, there should be plenty of uh, help and support. Sad to hear that. I didn't know that it wasn't happening. 
Uh, again, it wouldn't be something I'd be coming to, but for the younger generation, I suppose, and people who would have enjoyed it, it's a kind of a sad situation. I mean, there's a lot of big businesses here, and they should lend a little support. It's like all things uh, need local support, really, don't they? And uh, it doesn't happen. Do you think it's uh, going to have a knock-on effect for for other events and other communities? Something? No like doubt it will, because. And like all things, people are not interested in local activities anymore. Spend too much time online. Councillor Daniel Toomey, the Sinn Féin councillor down east, was one of those on the original, sorry about that, one of the original organising committee. Daniel, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, Well, well, they're the views that that Seamus got on the streets of Middleton yesterday. Um, But if I were to surmise, it was not enough participants who wanted to take part in the parade, not enough sponsorship to cover the costs, not enough volunteers to do the stewarding, and too much abuse from motorists. Does that sum it up? Um, Well, I suppose the major problem was the volunteer aspect of it. Um, We had a deadline of last Wednesday where we had to produce a name, um, a list of 50 names um, of volunteers for the pivotal road closure points and also along the actual parade route. Um, We put the call out for volunteers through our social media platforms. We also um, registered with the Cork Volunteer Group we contacted all the major um, sports groups directly, like the soccer clubs, the GA clubs, the men's sheds, um, other community groups, um, to see if they could lend a hand. Um, and we just couldn't yield enough names. Um, did you get a number? Deadline. Did you get a number by the deadline? If you were looking for 50, we, what did you get? We got around 22, I think. 22. Nowhere near enough then to secure Nowhere it. Nowhere near enough. Yeah. So from contact the media at all, though, that would have made a difference, wouldn't it? If you got in touch with media for a, a shout out and a cry for help. Um, I I don't believe that we did. I don't I don't believe I don't deal with the PR stuff okay, now. But, okay. um, Water I, under I'm the bridge now. It. Was it was it yeah. well supported the parades down through the years? Yes, um, you know, by the public, it was very much enjoyed and appreciated. But we've always struggled to get volunteers. Um, we like last year now we they, we had a list of names. Half of the people that we had on that list showed up. Um, not everybody showed up, and the parade was actually nearly pulled at the last minute. Um, but it was thanks to our, our wonderful sergeant here in Middleton. She was able to pull additional resources um, to help man those um, road closure points. Um, okay. With okay. our local guardie, otherwise we wouldn't have had a parade last year. So it's definitely something, an issue that has been spiralling. Volunteers, um, over the years. volunteers, because just because yeah. there was another aspect then as well was sponsorship. But yet in that vox pop, Seamus spoke to a business person in the community who was never approached for sponsorship. Well, maybe we didn't get to him yet. Um, sponsorship really wasn't. We were in a, a deficit, um, I suppose, because our costs have increased this year like the cost of everything has increased this year and I suppose because of that our sponsorship needs have increased um, but we we would have made up that money um, our businesses in Middleton have always supported the parade right. and they've always come up trumps um, so so it wasn't was it wasn't really a, a, a lack of s- no. sufficient sponsorship then Okay, no, because no. It, it, it said it in the article that I read that it was. And then, then there was not enough participants. So these floats and people taking part in the actual parade itself. Yeah, we didn't. We, we, I think we had up to just below 10 participants. We usually would have 20 to 25. Um, 
So by the deadline, um, the application deadline, we had only received, um, I think, seven to eight. Um, oh, for God's sake. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I Why did people lose such interest? I honestly don't know. We did the same thing that we did every year. We ho- we held an open day in the community centre where people could um, sign up. We also held, um, we also, the, the local community centre here also allowed us to, to have a box where people could drop in their, their, their applications um, for participating in the parade at a time that would be convenient to them. Um, but unfortunately, we just didn't get the participants. But again, maybe I think we need to learn the lesson here that maybe it wasn't communicated efficiently. We did find that a lot of people were not seeing our social media posts. We don't understand why that happened. Maybe it had something to do with the algorithms. We are looking into that. Um, but um, Because you'd have... Very, there'd be a very multicultural. The, the city parade now is very multicultural this Friday. We have communities from all over the world living amongst us. Then you'd have music and you'd have schools and you'd have sports and you'd have special interest groups. And you, yeah. would think, you would think easily you'd get 20 or 30 or perhaps more. Uh, but well, you, you would think... I mean, like, if you take um, the Caritool Parade, um, a fantastic parade, they have 8 to 10 people on their committee and they have 78 volunteers. Um, for such a small parade. And I, I suppose we just can't figure out how we couldn't get those numbers. It just sounds as like a general right. lack of interest to me, Danielle. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's just, I suppose, from the committee's point of view, we are absolutely devastated. Um, we did everything that we could um, to try and make sure that this didn't happen, but we were left with a week to the parade and we had to pull it okay. from a health and safety point of view more so than anything because this parade for us is all about the kids it's all about the kids and if we could not guarantee the safety of the children participating in the parade then I for one couldn't stand over and that. were the crowds good for the parade in former years Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. We always had great crowds. I mean, Middleton's a big, big town. It's a very big town. I'm just wondering, what are the implications for towns like Middleton and smaller villages going forward in the years to come if this is happening in the town the size of Middleton? Were the volunteers worried, somebody said in the Vox, about getting abuse from motorists? They didn't need the grief of it. Yeah, we we actually have experience of that every year um, and it's very unfortunate and I think maybe that could have been a reason why um, some of our volunteers didn't come forward again this year. Um, we Like every year that I've been involved with the parade, um, people on the road closure points have gotten, you know, quite abuse. Bloody abusive, hell, but, on St. Patrick's yeah. Day and not understanding yeah. that there's a parade going on, would you think they'd have a bit more sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know why, why it happened, but it's wrong. I don't think that anybody should be treated like that. I think at the end of the day, we're all volunteers, um, and we we come together to try and do something for the town. Um, and I don't think that it's right that anybody who gives their free time should be. Um, abused in any way possible. Okay, uh, somebody's trying to pull it out of the fire and they say that they did reach out. Now, I don't know if you have any comment on this. They did reach out to the St. Patrick's Day Committee in Middleton regarding the decision and gave some suggestions as to what could happen, but they claim to have been blocked by your uh, by your committee. Is, is there any truth in that? No, that's not true. And I won't go into details actually what happened. Um, they weren't blocked because 
they made a suggestion and actually their suggestion was a very good suggestion okay. but it was for a different reason that they were blocked. Okay, a different reason to suggesting that it could be pulled out of the fire. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I mean, I just, just also to say, um, Neil, that there is two events on in Middleton that day. Um, there is a kids disco on in the Middleton Park Hotel from 3 to 5 and there is an event in the Fair Green from 2.30 to 5.30, a family fun day. Um, so there will be something for people on the day. Um, it's just so unfortunate that we just couldn't hold the parade um, this year and hopefully next year we can... But why should it be different? That. Why should it be different next year if you can't get the volunteers and you only get something like 8 to 10 participants why would next year be better well i think people are more aware of what's happened now and hopefully people will will not want it to happen again but would you get on board if say for instance alan Didi joins me by phone and he thinks that maybe it still could be pulled out of the fire is that right alan um well yeah we're, we're the people who got together to um hold us uh festival in the fairgreen Okay, so that's the festival. But what about, have you put together a second committee now to try and pull the St. Patrick's Celebrations parade out of the fire? It's mainly made up of the Middleton Christmas Committee. Um, we've had a couple of extra people as well jump on board to help us. Um, and like we've, we've had massive feedback, like massive feedback with, with volunteers and everything so far. Okay, um, so where is this going to lead to? <clears throat> in what respect Neil like what, what is it we're doing is it or? what are you planning to do and is it going to happen Friday do you think yeah it's it's definitely happening Friday um, so it's from half two until half five we've got music entertainment um, bouncy castles loads of different stuff going on um, inside the fair green but not a traditional parade that you had hoped perhaps might happen not a parade, no. There was no way in hell you'd, you'd be able to pull off a parade in, in that short period, okay. you know. Okay. okay. We just felt it was important to do something for the town, to keep, you know, keep people in the town as much as possible. Okay. And have you thoughts yeah. on the fact that there just doesn't seem to be enough will to have a parade in Middleton? That's kind of sad, isn't it? No, it is. And I, I think, look, Daniel made a couple of good points there. Um, there's, I think there is definitely issues with um, getting the information out to people um, there seems to be a lot of confusion there there was a couple of different WhatsApp groups for volunteers some of the WhatsApp groups weren't contacted you know loads of little things like I think that. she acknowledged that it could have been done better and something will yeah. be learned from but it's too late now is it? for a parade definitely way too okay. late for a parade okay. but like as I said we're doing something you know okay okay uh, and, and that will be um on St. Patrick's Day from what time? From half past two until half past five. Where? I don't have in, it on my screen, my apologies, so where? No, you're okay. It's in the Fair Green, which is just next to Super Value. Okay, okay. How many volunteers did that take? Um, we've, we've actually started, we're not turning people away, but, you know, politely saying we're okay now, we've, we've got enough. Um... We've well over 20, um, but like we're only going to need about 15 tops, I think it was. Okay, okay. So, Danielle, lesson has, lessons have been learned for next year, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And look, um, 
hopefully next year we can come back with a bigger and um, better celebration and we can all work together to make sure that the town of Middleton gets the celebration that okay. they deserve. Okay. One tip for you. Social media is all very well. Your Facebooks and your Instagrams and your Twitter and everything. But there's nothing more effective than radio or media itself. Yeah. The old-fashioned ones will get the message out for you big time. So do come back to us next year and let everybody know uh, and we'll give it welly for you and give it socks, all right? Thanks so much, Neil. Much appreciated. Okay, Danielle, thank you for that. And good luck to you, Alan. Well done for pulling something out of the fire. May you have a Thanks great day in Middleton on Friday. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Cheers. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Yes, and I spoke there a while ago about uh, the library and uh, a number of library staff allegedly being subjected to verbal abuse and slurs um, and people entering the building in recent weeks to object to particularly one book, Juno Dawson's book, this book is gay. And in one incident in recent days, an individual grabbed a copy of the book and ripped it up. Ross, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You ripped up the book, is that you? Is I ripped up the book, So yeah. they're saying I the person the who ripped up the book was you? Yep. Okay. Have, okay. I'm going to ask you why you ripped it up, but firstly, I haven't read it. Have you read it? Yes, and there's some really explicit things in that book okay. that I was told not to uh, say on air because it's that explicit. We don't want to offend any of your listeners. And this book is geared towards uh, pre-teens, 12 and up. Okay. Do we know what section of the library it's in? It's actually in the kids section. A friend of ours actually went into the kids section on Saturday and she, she checked out, out that book. Okay. So it's in the kids section. So if it's in a children's section of the library, how old could a child be to pick up a copy of it? I guess any child uh, wandering around uh, could just uh, mosey on over, uh, pick it up and uh, glance through it. I have a cousin, she has a nine-year-old daughter who's a, who's a great reader and uh, she's afraid of her life. Um, her daughter getting her hands in a book like this. Okay, okay. Because looking at Amazon, they say, the Amazon reviews, that it is recommended for 13-year-olds and over. Um, well, you tell me, Neil. I, I don't know, um, man. Well, I, I haven't read... I, I, I did look at well, some I, I of the reviews. You, I can give you some of the um, uh, extracts from the book if you want. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. Go basically, ahead. porn is fine and fun. Porn you know, is, is fine and fun. Yeah, you've uh, seen that. You've seen that in the book. These are things you have seen. Yeah, okay. these are highlighted in the book. Um, it makes no difference how many sexual partners you have. Um, give your back passage a jolly good clean out because poo isn't sexy. Um, uh, you know, it goes on about uh, dating apps. Um, like you know, basically we all know what it's for. It's uh, quick and easy sex, uncomplicated sex. Um, this is all geared towards 12. And there's things in that book, Neil, that okay. I was uh, completely on. I'm, I'm nearly 44 years of age. Okay. And I went through life uh, not knowing uh, some of these things like scat, eating shit. Cam the jets anyway, Ross. You know, I know what you're saying. Okay. It goes into, okay. Well, you know, it we're passionate, into, Neil. We're passionate. I know, I know. I understand. And I, listen, and, and, and I, I want to hear what you have to say. In a, in a calm manner, you know what I mean. You're you're upset yeah, yeah. about it, okay? So it so goes I'm into it goes into the intricacies of sex, and it deals with uh, exactly. oral sex, anal about, sex, and sex acts. It talks and, about yeah. uh, it okay. talks about how to, how it goes into detail okay. uh, about how to give a good hand job. Okay. It goes into detail, and, and it uses explicit um, words that I, I can't say on the radio here. Okay, it, it goes in, in, into uh, how to give a good blow job, and how to give and not, not what not what not, don't use your teeth. Um, that's the golden rule here. 
um, you know, about bombing and I get, uh, even I get the Ross, 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 Ross. Yes. I, get, I get the picture. We get the picture. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so, yeah. Let people know. The, 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 and the fact is, you have read the book. Yes. Okay. I, mean, I, yes. I haven't. I haven't read it. So I'm. Well, I'm, I'm asking. telling you, and it's there for people to see okay. as well. So and t- actually, Neil. Some, yeah. Yeah. Tell me so, what. Um, tell me what. Tell me what happened in the library. So uh, we went back uh, four times altogether over the last five weeks. It was closed there. We had a, a grace, uh, Cork says no, which the media branded anti-refugee, which is, you know, where we've come to expect this from the media at this stage. Completely backfired on Mick Barry. Um, okay. He made an absolute fool of himself. Okay. And we built up so much momentum, uh, Neil, um, on your radio show. We had an avalanche of support. And you t- had that, um, that guy uh, Doug from, uh, from the Echo, Donald O'Keefe. Can we just, can we leave that as Side, no, 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 just, yeah, no, no, Ross, 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 where you're going with this because you're going to t- say yes. I'm not going to say. Just let me finish. No, Ross. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to round off my point. I don't want you to right. personalize it against anybody. Right? What do you mean personalize it? it, it, it we're getting personally attacked. So I, I, I think you're going to get on to the next thing here. You're not. I'm not going to get onto anything. I, I just want to get onto the article in the Irish Times. I'm sure. What article in the Irish Times? So, sorry, the Irish Examiner. Um, saying that we were aggressive, um, intimidating staff and all this nonsense. No, I just I asked you way, what happened in the library. I'm, I'm telling you what happened. Okay. Um, if anyone uh, to make up their own mind, go to my, my Facebook page, okay. Ross LaHive, okay. and make up your own mind uh, if we were, we were aggressive or not. So you and, walked you know, in, so, staff, you, so you walked yes. in, right? You went, we walked in, yes. Okay, you went straight to the book, did you? We had a copy of the book already. Okay, you brought a copy in. Yes. Okay. What did you do? So, like I said, that, that was our fourth time in there. Um, we put in the, the previous time, we all filled out complaint forms, uh, you know, 20 of us, you know, uh, their uh, ballpark of 20 of us. Okay. And we just got this generic response, um, you know, uh, don't call us, we'll call you kind of a thing. Did you, fu- what was the form that you said it was not suitable material for children? Yeah, well, everyone had their, their own reasons, but I guess that would be okay. uh, more or less the main reason people uh, okay. didn't okay. want that book on the shelf. So when it wasn't removed from the shelf following intervention from you and people with you, you then bought yeah. a copy of it, brought it in and ripped it up? Well, we have a copy uh, the whole time, and okay. we brought that copy in to uh, just to uh, you know demonstrate uh, how we feel about this book, and it shouldn't be in the book of uh, preteens. I'm sure you can agree with that one, Neil. I, I'm astonished you at know, what you I, said that's in it and the end that it could be picked yeah. up by a child of yeah. any age. But tell me and this. So, are. Look, and even the, the Guardian are astonished when we, when we tell them about that book. Okay. You could see uh, they try to, it's written all over their face there. They have an expression of disgust uh, as most uh, normal human beings, men uh-huh. and women would. Okay, bear in mind now, I haven't read the book. But so, yeah, just, you, so you didn't actually even pick up a copy of the library's book. You brought your own in and symbolically ripped up your own book. Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. But then why are they, were they quoting at Cork City Council last night that the staff were subjected to verbal abuse? Well, like I said, Neil, all they have to do is go onto my page, Ross LaHive, L-A-H-I-V-E, and see for themselves. And I do think they have uh, reason to be, uh, to be afraid, Neil, I really do. Because we're exposing um, uh, the library uh, uh, for what they're doing here, they're grooming children. 
they're literally grooming children. This is uh, the definition of grooming, Neil. I'm sure you know. I, you see, when you gain the trust... Well, oh, let me finish. When you gain the trust of a child and introduce oh. sexual content to them, that okay. this is grooming, and okay. it's not okay. So there's nothing actually wrong with the book, per se, but the age... There's everything wrong with the book. Are you, are you listening to me, Neil? I know, sure. Hang on a second. Let me finish the sentence. It's the age group that it's been pitched towards. It's, 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 it's aged towards kids. Yeah. They have child-friendly language like poo, peen. Um, I know, I'm just saying know, to you, I'm just, what, to a child. what I'm saying to you is that you would have no problem with the book per se, would you, if it was in an adult section? But how is it in an adult? How is it, it wouldn't be, uh, it's, it's scared towards children, Neil. It's, it's the language I imagine those that would children. Def- I imagine that those would defend it by saying that really we need to come out of the dark ages with regards to um, you know, sex education for children and tell them well, at a younger I, I age. Actually, you know, fair point there, Neil. I, I think that the gay community have been fighting for generations for respect and dignity and then for the LGBT um, plus pedophiles and all that. I know, I can't, no, man. No, no, I can't. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. And I can't. Uh, I, I, I give you one opportunity to retract that statement where you say LGBT plus Pedophiles. Pedophile. Yes, they're pedophile. They're trying to normalize. No, 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 no. I give you one opportunity now to distance yourself from the remark where you would say something so unfair and unkind. You actually listen to what the the words come around. Just calm down a second, Neil. No, no, no. no. Are you? Are you? Are trying? Are are you saying? Are you saying that you are connecting pedophilia with a a, a well-respected and organized group of people who defend those? And there's actually gays against groomers as well. Who uh, there's a a friend of mine, a a gay friend of mine. I understand. I understand. But I can't allow you to finish if you use the term pedophiles to describe somebody in any way, shape, or form who would be gay. What what is grooming children? Uh, Who 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 groom children? Mm -hmm. Pedophiles. Yeah, but there, that has nothing to do with the gay community, Ross. It's very important. To do, no. They're trying to... All right, man. No, I really, I can't because it's just so unfair. It's completely off the channel. But I hope this wouldn't happen, that we would end up having to part ways. But I can't allow well, you in a civilised society... No, because in a civilised society, you can't say that, man. It's just far too what, hurtful and... I'm not going to repeat it again. What, I've said it twice. Okay, look, I just I don't understand. I, you're, you're, you're really, this is what you do, Neil. This is this is why people think you're a snake in the grass. You're trying to get my message, and you're trying to t- try. No, I'm not, Ross. I know I'm not. And listen, I'm not. I'm not going to get worked up over it. I just can't have you saying what you said about gay people as being pedophiles. I just can't, man. I didn't say that, Neil. I did not say that. Well, just dis- distance yourself from it then, because you said it all in one. You said it all in the one breath. Okay, if you can just let me rephrase, let me say it again and just let me finish a complete uh, a thought here, okay? What I said was the gay community had been fighting for generations to gain respect and dignity, okay? Now that they have their widely accepted in society, we, we can, you know, we, we, we all have gay friends and, and, and we all support them and all that. Mm. And um, a lot of gay people are offended um, that, that, that this book is, uh, the, 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 uh, the pedophile agenda, is coming out uh, under the gay banner. And then if you speak out against this book, then you're called homophobic. And it's not good enough. Anymore. Okay, well, that's a, more, that's a more reasonable approach well, in the sense that, because I do, I do not, well, I mean, I heard, I heard what I heard. I think, all, I think perhaps that could be said that all sections of society, gay or straight, in any way, shape yeah. or form, that there will be subsections of it who will be upset about this book Particularly if small children can read it, and it's as exactly. and and it's as um, you know, it, it's as detailed as you claim it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Can I ask you a question, Neil, that yeah. uh, Seamus refused to answer? Well, what, if you refuse to answer, well, he'd refuse to answer for a reason. Well, this is, this is an opinion line, right? Well, it depends on the question you're asking. If you refuse well, to answer it, you refuse to, you, to answer it. My question to you, Neil, is would you, you have children. Would you sit down your, uh, when your, your son was 12? Would you tell him how to, how to get onto gay uh, 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 apps um, that, you know, and, and it's okay to have uh, sex because, you know, there's, there, there, you can have as many sexual partners as you want, but make sure to clean out your back passage before you do. Would I say that to a son? Or a daughter? Yeah. No, I would not yeah. say that. No. So, no. can you see why we're upset? Can you can you understand why we're upset? Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And you should have reason to be if you feel to be upset. I just have to keep a lid on things that might be said that would be offensive to others who are just getting on with their lives as best they can. If people have no listen, listen, listen I understand why you're upset. People are upset in the UK about this book. They're upset about it in Alaska, in America, the southern states of America. Absolutely. And I'm trying to find out at what age can a child pick up this book? I haven't seen the contents of it. And I want to thank you because you have and you've told me. So if people are upset about it, they could well have a reason to do it. If they believe that it's aimed at 10, 11, 12 year olds. Perhaps no, 12, is, 12, Neil. I okay. said 12. Okay. But you haven't, you haven't answered the verbal abuse that the staff apparently have been put I up. did answer that, Neil. If you've got a bloody goldfish memory or what? I, I said... If you if you want for your viewers or listeners to go on my Facebook Ross Live L A H I V E and they can see for themselves and I think they should be afraid Neil because we're exposing them for what they are. No, I don't you know have. I don't know. Hang on a second. I don't a have a goldfish mind. I asked you a question. Well, it seems like you keep on repeating yourself. Because I keep on, I keep repeating. But I keep repeating myself to answer the question. I didn't ask you. I, I answered the question. That's my third time answering your question. No, you keep on directing people to a Facebook page. I'm asking you. Yeah, so were library themselves. staff subjected to verbal yeah. abuse? That's all I'm asking. Oh, Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you the same answer again, Neil. People can see for themselves, and okay. um, they okay. can see. And you know what they actually said the first time we went in there? That they're an organization. I asked her, did she know about this book and its contents? And she said, yes, she did. And, you know, she, she was the one responsible for um, uh, bringing this book in in Cork City, I believe. Okay. And um, she said that they're not an organization that censors. Okay. This is what, this is her stance. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Thanks, Ross. So, Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Much obliged. Text 0868-104-106. If you've read the book, if you've seen the book, if you have thoughts on it, do get in touch. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on Red FM. Red FM's Cash Machine. Can't tell you enough about this 70 grand that's up for grabs and all you could do if you win the money on Thursday. So text the word RED to 57557. That's RED to 57557. Cost is €2.50 plus your standard message rate to play. you got to be over 18 and you're playing across the Go Loud network of stations. Full terms are on our website, redfm.ie. 70 grand. Get your entry in by 3 p.m. Thursday when we could be calling you. If you answer within five rings, tell us the prize amount. The cash is yours and the prize amount is €70,000 exactly. Must be one by Thursday afternoon. 70 grand. Text RED to 57557. That's 57557. On the cash machine in court. Now, the news.
Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. And by text to 086-8104-106, um, people talking about particularly the attack in From Moy. You were talking about the uh, sexual assault case um, and mentioned that it was Moldovan. What about the two Irish brothers in Cork that raped their little brother, God Almighty? Only a three-year sentence. Where is the justice in that? Um, How many foreigners filled in the census? It's impossible to get into a disco in Cork without ID, but convicted people from overseas can walk in here, flush their passport down the toilet on the plane. Don't know what the circumstances were that led uh, a man who uh, committed rape of a minor in Moldova and came to Ireland and sexually assaulted a woman in Formoy. I don't know under what circumstances he entered the country um, as to whether there was a passport or not. Uh, it, uh, it's work visas we should be given out, not citizenship like France and Germany give work visas, nothing else. Well, a lot of people do come in here on work visas. Um, with regards to St. Patrick's Day, or as texters call it, Paddy's Day, apparently there are others who are looking for stewards and volunteers besides the failed Middleton Parade. Marie says, we're looking for stewards in Douglas as well. It's harder to get volunteers, I think, for maybe everything in society these days. And John, I don't know exactly what point John has made, but I, I was talking about the Cork City Parade being as the years go by, becoming more and more multicultural. And I love that. I remember being at some of the parades earlier, uh, you know, four or five years ago, whatever the case may be, I was emceeing a few of them. I saw an awful lot of fantastic floats and an awful lot of entries from people from overseas. There was a superb Mexican um, part of the parade. And then there was a Cuban part of the parade that was fantastic. And we had big brass bands from the um, police services from America in the parade and we had Canadians come in from Timmins to the parade. It was it was fabulous to see so many people from overseas. Cargillines having a St. Patrick's Day parade with the way traffic is in the village. Um, they leave the co-op now. They might reach Main Street by March 17th, says Paddy. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh because people are tearing their hair out down around the Cargilline Ring and Skitty area at the moment. Uh, apparently the roadworks have been stopped. Uh, this is what I'm told now in Cargilline. They've been put to a stop the license will be withdrawn, says Seamus McGrath on his Facebook page this morning. Um, what, what, because of the chaos and the pandemonium and the delays that people were going through? So they've been put to a stop um, as to whether it'll continue, says on his Facebook page this morning. Day two of the road closure in Carrigaline. Chronic traffic delays since early morning. Seen the videos. Irish water must be decisive today and put an end to this project. It must be rescheduled for the summer months with different traffic management plans in place. So the update to that is that um, the uh, closure will end today. The license for the work has been withdrawn and more updates will follow. It will come as a lot of relief to motorists. Uh, so thank you for that. And also a lovely text here. Somebody sends me a photograph saying, passing through Cladove Village yesterday, I noticed they have done up their Christmas tree in green, white and gold for St. Patrick's Day. I think it's a class act. Here's the picture. And I have to agree, Paul, it is a class act. And well done to Cladove Village. On the book, This Book is Gay. Have you read the book, Neil? It is shocking stuff. No, I have not. I had never even heard about the book until I heard about events in Cork City Library. Uh, another texter says, I went to the library and they said to me, it's for 14-year-olds and upwards. You should see the contents of this book. It's R-rated and should only be for adults. Well done to those that went into the library. They're only thinking of our children. An interesting text. Uh, do you feel the same, though, about the possibility of staff being abused or given grief? 
The response, apparently, from the library is that do, they do not censor books. Some might say that nobody wants the book censored, perhaps, but it's to, as to whether it's age-appropriate, right? Isn't that, isn't that what some people have, are bothered with? Barry, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I just was saying to a researcher there that you should read the book out on air. If it's acceptable for 12-year-olds, then it should be acceptable. We kind of got an idea, though, from Ross there as to the, some of the contents of it, though, Bar- Barry. Yeah, and like... The, um, the head of the council they said it's not going to be removed it, it was on the news there a while ago yeah yeah, yeah. and I think what you should do is you should read it out on air and you should give out the head of the council's name address and email and if people are not if the 80,000 listeners are not happy with the content of the book okay. they should okay. let me, let me get, let me get the, the news report on that just to read out exactly what was said at the 11 o'clock have you read it? <laughs> no no but I um, I heard some passages about it alright and what 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 is it? It's not age appropriate. Is that well? Tell me why you why you're upset well, by it. Well, it's probably like if it's they're on about anal sex and preparing for anal sex. I think you were saying earlier on. Apparently so. Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that should probably be in the adult section, the pornographic section. If there's a pornographic section in the, is there a pornographic section in the library? I couldn't tell you, pal. I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Um, but it sounds uh, like if that's the kind of content in it, then it should be in that kind of a section, really. Well, would it not be in a section for sex education? Because whether we like it or not, people might engage in anal sex, oral sex, penetrative sex, all sorts of different types. I, I, it's just not appropriate for a 12-year-old. That's, that's you know? the thing that I'm seeing from people this morning. I mean, how many, if I went up to a child on the street and started, you know, asking them, do they prepare for anal sex? I'd be done for grooming, you know? But if it's put in a book and it's handled, and again, I'm coming from the narrative that I haven't read it, but it's handled in a sensitive way uh, where they get information rather than picking it up on street corners or from pals or, you know, going online and searching and God knows where that would take them, that there might be a role for it. No, I, I don't think so. Okay, okay, okay. All right, but you are right. I mean, I think that uh, you, you'd need to read it to be able to judge it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this, I mean, is there anyone in the country, in the county now, that's after sitting down with their 12-year-old and explaining them about, about anal sex? Are you asking me to put that question out there to find if people have? Yes, please. Okay, all right, let's do that. Pick up on the conversation, guys. Text 086-8104-106. Barry just referenced the 11 o'clock news and the copy from that bulletin says there are no plans to remove LGBT plus material from Cork's public libraries. Um, Staff of the Grand Parade Library have been subjected to intimidation and verbal abuse during incidents involving people opposed to the material. Cork City Council has reported the incidents to Gardaí, during which staff were subjected to verbal abuse, while in one incident an individual ripped up a copy of This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. In a statement, Council said staff of the Grand Parade have been subjected to campaigning from groups who object to LGBT plus reading lists, which are available to young adults. LGBT plus material will not be removed from Cork's public network. And that's the, the statement and the copy from the uh, 11 o'clock news. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Have you have you read the book? I have read the book, yes. Good. Cover to cover. Right. Well, 
Not exactly cover to cover because there's bits in it that I was disgusted by. Okay. And that's the honest. Okay. What were you? Okay. What? What? Do you, what are your thoughts on the contents of the book? Okay. My thoughts on this is that it gives detailed description for under eighteen year olds on how to perform sexually explicit acts. It also gives detailed description on how to go on a gay dating app, app by the name Grinder, in order to hook up. For sexual experience. You have, and you've this, seen all, you've, this is what you've seen in the book. Okay. okay. I have seen this. I can send you copies of the I know, excerpt. I fully intend to get a copy of the book as soon as I get off the air. I'll endeavour to get a copy of the book. I might even try and download a PDF of the book. I'll, I'll look at it with my own eyes. I'm, I'm just... Is the, is there is a PDF available for it for free reading. That's how I, that's how I read this. Okay. Okay. So, this is sexually explicit but you say that it's LGBT plus reading um, is, is, does it not cover does it not cover straight sex no it doesn't ok I'm getting a better idea now. Okay. no as well as that as well as that right having that book on the shelves of the library in the children's section that is the equivalent of a news agent displaying a playboy magazine next to the Beano comic you are entitled to say that uh, we live in a democracy and your opinions are valid I'm just having a fast look at it here it also talks about love it also talks about safe sex it also talks about sexually transmitted diseases all that's very positive to me though it also talks about how to perform sexually explicit acts have you seen that? not yet no I haven't got to that part yet so Deeper into it, then, don't you? Okay, so the issue here, yes, I'm starting to see that now. It's, it's. Uh, I can see a lot of it uses a lot of it uses cartoons. Uh, yeah, you see, so this is where it is aimed at children okay. using cartoons. We're not talking The Simpsons here, like you know. And and yeah, I'm seeing yeah, I'm seeing dude on dude uh, pairings and uh, quite descriptive language and also quite, quite detailed graphics. Across, Neil, quite immediately as you've come across these graphics, your voice changed alone. How's your it changed? changed? No, I... Oh my God! No, it's not an oh my. No, it's not. I don't have an oh my God voice. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm only. I'm only concentrating. I'm having a conversation with you, and I'm concentrating on what I'm seeing on a moving screen. That's all. Is the issue with this the age? Is it the age? Well, in my view, it is. And on top of that, the staff inside the library. I can guarantee you, no, they were not abused. Uh, now, how can you say that with any amount of certainty? Were you there? I'm one of the people who protested this book. Yes, I was there. Okay, well, I'm only hearing that now for the first time. Well, was there verbal well, abuse? For the first time. What? You only asked me that now for the first time. I thought you might have ventured the. Uh, you might have mentioned it to me that you were at one of the protests where a copy of the book was ripped up. But that's neither here nor there. Was there any? All was there all of them except one? All need... of them except one that I couldn't make. Okay. Okay. Just just move around a little bit, Steve. So I'm just quoting here um, what's being reported by Cork City Council that staff were subjected to verbal abuse. We know that the book, a copy, was ripped up because Ross told us about that. Um, but that the staff were abused. Is that true? That is not true. That is own English's take from the Irish Examiner on it. Okay. 
So a number of library staff were not subjected to verbal abuse and called paedophilic slurs. Absolutely not. And I would invite all English from the Irish Examiner to speak to one of us from our side just to balance okay. this issue, you know. I, I, I would like this, this issue balanced. Okay, I'm, I'm, trying to bal- I'm trying to balance it. So did you say anything at all to the staff? Well, we, we, me personally, I basically told them, this is filth, this shouldn't be there, and ye are guilty in form for supplying this book to children, which they are. Okay. They are supplying the book to children who come up, hand it in, hi, I'd like to take this out for a week, whatever, right? They are guilty for allowing 12-year-olds to take that out. It was said in council last night that she engaged in bully boy tactics, intimidated, videoed against their will, and called them horrible things. Okay, let, let's deal with the video against the will issue there now, will we? Sure. They are public service in a public building, open to the public, and you are allowed to video in public. If people... I. The guards mm. say the same, I, I do not give you permission to video us. Will the guards also be asking everyone's permission when they get their body cams from people who appear on their videos? Okay, when you, when you say a public place, that could be deemed outside, not perhaps inside in a place of work, though, no? But we're only splitting hairs. You did, vi- you did video, though. We did video and it is a public library open to the public. But why would you video staff who are only doing their jobs and have no responsibility for the contents of the shelves? For self-protection. For what? Protection. Against, what does that mean? Protecting whom? Protecting ourselves, that we have proof that they were not verbally abused. Okay. We have we protection against that. Okay. Okay. So you you deny that there was intimidation. You no, deny that there was any kind of name calling. You deny bully boy tactics, all of which have been reported in the in the media. 100%. So you, so what did you say? We, well, I, I explained what I said. I said, look, ye are complicit in this child grooming book by furnishing this to kids who come up to take the book out for a week or whatever. Okay, okay. They are complicit in it by furnishing children with this book. You didn't call the staff groomers, though? Me? I did not. Okay, no, I'm only only asking you questions and you're answering them straight up. Hold on if you wish, though, because Stephanie Fogarty has the book um, at the moment, uh, former Miss Gay Cork and Ireland. Stephanie, good morning. Um, Actually, she's moved lines. Just give me two seconds. I think it's four. Steph, are you there? Yeah, I am. Hello. Thanks. Have you you read it? (laughs) I have covered it. I've had okay. this book for about six years, actually. Oh, it's that old. I thought it was reasonably new, but I know it's, that it. it, it is, listen, it's it, it, it's got so, it's got a quite an amount of grief in other countries. Yes. It's not here. Just it's not exclusively Cork or Ireland. I see it in Alaska. I see it across Canada and America and the UK as well. People are up in arms. Mm-hmm. Is it age appropriate? Do you know what? 
it is to an extent. I wouldn't give it out to 10-year-olds, but the legal age of consent is 17, so anyone at that age can access this book, even kids younger than that, because, let's not fool ourselves, people under the age of 17 are engaging with sexual acts and all that kind of stuff. We're not naive. You know, the world has changed. Okay, um, but but 17, one might say, 17 that's is fine. 17 but consent, yes, okay? all right. Okay. But at the same time, if you look at the chapters in this book, there, people are after pinpointing this one chapter that is to do with, it, it literally says the ins and outs of gay sex, okay? Is it a gay it, book? It can, it's, it's an LGBTQ book. Okay, so do you, does, it cover, does it cover straight sex? Man, literally, woman. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. It covers LGBT side of things because with relationships and sexuality education in the Irish secondary school system, it is not covered. Okay, yes, move around a bit there. My heart's broken with phone quality, so I'm very keen to Sorry, hear what you have to say. Better? It's not your fault. Just try your best. Is that better? Okay, okay, okay. So um, yeah, we have an LGBTQ plus book in the library. How young yeah. can somebody be to pick that up? Honestly, that's up to like that's up to the child and the parent, you know. The library is saying fourteen. Fourteen, as far as I'm concerned, fourteen is a fine age for it because people do need to learn these things. Like, as an example, when I was in school, I didn't have any information on what it was to be with a woman at some point in my life. Relationships and sexuality education is literally you're made watch reproduction videos at fourteen. You know, in, in school, in a biology class, you watch reproduction. I remember sitting there and it was just a, a man and a woman walking around stairs naked around the house with a child and that's how babies were made. Yeah. That was the extent of the education we were given. But I was also under the age of 17 watching this. So why is it different because it's LGBT? I was made watch it to do it straight people. So, I mean, why shouldn't there be education out there for LGBT people. I'm actually doing my master's at the moment and my topic for my thesis is this subject. It's relationships and sexuality education. Uh, listen, nobody wants somebody system. to be struggling with their sexuality or wanting to express <coughs> themselves differently to how to think that people should view them as. I get, I understand that 100%, but I'm getting texts mm. people, text people saying the book is perverted, that it's sick, it shouldn't be children but are children. There is an age of... biology books. Look at biology books that, that that literally junior cycle students have to read. There is literally pictures in the book about, like, the, the reproductive system, okay? It's not labeled as sick, but it's the reproductive system. You have to learn everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. in a biology class. Yeah. Which well, it's quite in, detailed, in though. I mean, science. how to give good blowjobs and how to, you know... Like because there needs to be that amount of detail because the amount of people who could get hurt or by not practising safe sex or by not being hygienic when it comes to this kind right, of stuff. Right. That's where STDs and STIs have been picked up, when yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Okay, but does it talk about, if a 14-year-old picked up the book and read it, and it said, mm-hmm. go to Grinder for casual sex? There is, like, there's, I'm literally looking at it here now, there are chapters, there is part in that chapter saying, anti-sex app, some sex app tips. It doesn't tell people to go on Grinder. It says what Grinder can be used for. It also has a note on it saying it has a minimum age of 18 years. Yeah, yeah. it says it here under the age of 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's under the age of 18 is not allowed. Okay. You know, it's, w- would you think that if a 12 or a 13 like, or a 14 year old read it and decided this is for me um, and at the age of 12 to 14 started actively engaging in sex? Because that, that actively could... actively engaging, I'm sorry, but they are... 12 to 14? Yeah, because if you look at the likes of the sexual health centres, you have people of all ages going in to pick up condoms for safe sex. I, I, 
I used to provide them in my old job and people used to take them and I, I'm not going to stand there and question their age. If someone is coming in to take something for, for barrier protection, I'm not going to stop them. Right, okay. You know, at the end but of would day, you I'm encourage them though? Protection. But at the same time, would you encourage them if this book has seemed to encourage them to? But it's not seen to encourage them. It gives them information. The same as when you're in school and you get relationships and sexuality education. When I was in school, we were told, girls, keep your legs closed till you marry boys. Here's a condom. This is how you use it. That was the education we got. Which was bizarre, actually. Girls don't engage and boys engage in but, safe sex. What the hell the is that But that's the way it was and that's the way it still is to some degree. And that's why they're trying to bring through this new education system. If this topic was spoken about more, it wouldn't be as terrifying for people. Sexual health is something so important that needs to be spoken about on a more regular basis. And what I would like to say about this book, it's one chapter. Look at the rest of the chapters. It goes on about stereotypes. It goes on about people hating you for who you were. It goes on, you know, how to deal with that. There is much more in this book than that one chapter. Mm, talks like about that it, yeah, one chapter yeah. is not a, like I didn't even hone in on that chapter. I'm like, too much. It's important to have, but there's stuff there to do with stereotypes, biology, the fear haters going to hate. It take, it talks about haters. It does, and it talks about coming <laughs> out and the process of coming out. And the thing is, there's organisations in Cork that, that are specific, like you have Link and you have Gay Project, who deal very well with the community. But the problem is there's an age difference there. That younger community is being left out and neglected in their education. You're gonna, the reason they advise about dating apps, let's say, is because you could have someone underage trying you. This book tells you don't do it if you're under 18. Be careful. It's dangerous. Okay, okay. You don't yeah. in a public place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm reading all of that and just flicking through other parts here as well. We're on to a section here where it talks about the death penalty for for um, um, people having sex outside marriage and the death penalty for those that engage in in same sex relationships, things like that. Yeah, it, it's quite like, informative. It was illegal in there we go. Here up until 1993. Yeah. You know, it was illegal to be gay here up until 1993. Okay, um, it go- and, and it, go- it, it, it does it does drill into transgenderism as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, which it is quite a, a contentious issue at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, the author themselves have changed their name since their first release of this book. Why? Because the, uh, I believe that their gender is different than when they are. Oh, I see. Them. I thought it had to do with hate. I understand what you're saying. No, yeah. no. Okay, so, so so having having said what what you've said there, Stephanie, Steve, do you, yeah. do you see it in in any other way now? Having heard what Stephanie has to say, Stephanie Fogarty. Absolutely not, because what Stephanie said does not change the content of the book. And when James Dawson wrote this book, because I'd rather go by the original. Their name isn't James. His name is James. Can we just ignore that? Can I just ask you to respond? Do you see it any differently now, having heard what Stephanie has to say and the real world that people are now living in? We're not in the 1980s anymore. Absolutely not. Absolutely no for whatsoever because it doesn't change the content of the sexually explicit instructions on how to perform these acts. Information is power, Steve. No? If, well, if that's the case, put Playboy next to the Beano, as I say inside the news you know agent. What? When I okay. was growing up, Steve, it was next to the Beano, okay? Was I'm 22 what? years of age, and when I was growing up, Playboy was there to see next to every comic. But back in those so days, at least you could reach for the Beano, you couldn't reach for Playboy, unless you grew very tall, very young. What? But this is a book that isn't widely kind of available, you know. It's, it's, 
it's one person in print so there's only a limited number of copies okay? it's just the sh- yeah, no it's just the shelf it's just the shelves that it's on that's getting people so upset you know well, it's in the children's section if, if people could read the other in this book one second steve one second go on stephanie if people could read the other chapters in this book for, it is one section in the book do you know and this is the thing like to, as an example a book Fifty Shades of Grey was everywhere everywhere from Ad, public to see it was everywhere uh, uh, that would be R rated but it was in X-rated there's doing posters of it it was everywhere you know, it, there's a movie made about it. But do you, I know, but would you not accept that, that you're going to have people who are going to be upset about a book that could be read with graphic cartoons by a 12, 13 or 14 I year old that's telling you that all about hand jobs and blow jobs and anal sex and stuff I like will that. fully take that on board, but do not call it a child grooming book. Okay. Because if you want to do that, look at every other book that is heteronormative, that follows the straight line rather than the gay line. Oh, you think you, oh, you think people are up in arms because it happens to be gay? Yes, 100%, because it's, it's called a child grooming book. If you look at different books, when I was growing up, there were different books that, that were following the straight line, and it was telling you all about anatomy, all about how sex works. Like, those books exist, but people are blowing this out of proportion because it's an LGBTQI plus book. Okay, okay, exists. okay. Well, you're absolutely right from the point of view of having to read it. Yeah, go on, Steve, final word. Your phone line is shocking. Go ahead. Okay, my final word here is that I'd just like to make clear this is not an anti-gay, anti-lesbian, anti-LGBT. This is anti-content available for children. Thank you. Much, thank you. Thank you for that. Much obliged to both of you, Steve and Stephanie. Text 0868104106. Your thoughts are welcome. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Okay, happy to pick up on this conversation as well tomorrow. And in the meantime, have a deep dive into the book and a better look at the book uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's called This Book is Gay. Um, regardless of what Stephanie was saying there, I did see a review of the book, This Book is Gay, in The Guardian. And it says in The Guardian, it was brave of James Dawson to write this book. I'm, I'm only passing that on. Uh, Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How Regardless are you? of the name of the person who wrote it, uh, The Guardian then goes on to say, this book will make you feel confident, comfortable with yourself, regardless of your sexuality. It makes such a statement. We will start to live in a culture without homophobia or embarrassment or shame or shame due to sexuality. Your thoughts on it? Um, well, my thoughts on it, that book, I haven't read the book, but I have read excerpts from the book. There are also other books that are geared more or less, we'll say, for nine-year-olds. And in my opinion, it's nothing but pornography for children. But if, I, if I'm... It should, to- should not be in any library for children of 12 or even under to read these books. They don't need to need, know about it. They need to be allowed to be left as children as long as possible. We're going to have the same problem when this curriculum comes into the school. But what Many about when they grow into adulthood, it might be too late to teach them how to navigate. They're not taught To navigate young. what? Life, sexuality, it's their feelings, their urges, um, you know, th- their problems, their emotions, all no, of the things won't. that they're preach... they're children, Neil. Children cannot comprehend... This rubbish, because their their minds are developing, 
I know you're trying to you're, 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 you're trying, trying to say to that a, you're trying to say that a 10 year old or a 12 year old or a 14 year old doesn't feel attraction 10, to the same sex and 12 I did I say that they no. don't need to know about it and what they don't need to know about but that's, that's the right is that saying. not the that ostrich? Is, is that like the, like the ostrich approach? It's not the ostrich. It's not the ostrich. The whole point is that I'm hearing people saying, "Oh, we live in a progressive society. We live in this society. We do not live in any progressive society. We live in a degenerate society where now children are being targeted." As far as I'm concerned, and we have it in our face every single day of the week. So wh- we have you- pa- wait a minute. We have St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin. St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin this year is absolutely going is shocking Why? because they've turned it into a sodomite parade. How? And I don't. Even, I don't know anything about the contents well, of the Dublin parade. Well, I do parade. because I've seen it, and this is not the culture of the Irish people, and this is not how the Irish people. What do you, talk, what do you mean St. the Dublin Patrick. parade is a sodomite parade? What's it like- is. You, you wait. You see them all dressed up in their up in their gear. They've it all laid out. Who are they? This is not the organisers. This is not how the Irish people celebrate St. Patrick. Where are the beautiful St. Patrick's flags and the statues? And honour St. Patrick. But why wouldn't St. Patrick welcome people of all creeds, colours and sexuality? Like Jesus would have no problem with a person be they they gay nor straight. Creed, colour. Sexuality, I said. What's the problem if it doesn't affect you? sexuality perverted sexuality is not. St. Patrick would certainly not welcome that. What's Neither perverted? Would Jesus Christ. But what's perverted? Because it, because it is perverted. Same sex. It's against, it's against, it's against the natural law. We're sh- we have a chub in our face every day. They, they have but the you're like, it's, but Maureen, it has to be, it has to be a natural law if you're attracted to the same sex. That's it nature. It is a natural law. But sure, you wouldn't feel it, it if it was. It is against the law of God. They have the whole month of June. The month of June, Neil, is dedicated to the Sacred Heart. And us Catholics don't get a look in because these flags are flying all over the place. Now, if I was to go here in this town... But sure, the church can't the be thrown any stones... The church on, can't be thrown any stones at anyone with the historic abuse that people suffered at the hands of the church. Come on. The, the people suffered abuse at the hands of human beings. They didn't suffer abuse at the hands of Christ. And if I went down here to my local... But your Christ would have no problem with, with gay people. Hold on a second, Neil. Christ if would I have went no down problem. here to my local council... With a flag, we'll say, of the Sacred Heart at the beginning of the month of June. And I asked them, you, will you fly this flag, please? Because we Catholics celebrate the month of June as the Sacred Heart. Go ahead, do it, they yeah. Would not, Go ahead. They would not, they wouldn't fly it. Who wouldn't because fly it? they'll have the transgender flag, they'll have the other flag, and they'll have some other flag flying there, but they won't fly that. Have you asked City Hall to fly that flag on a given month? I'm not in Cork. Have you asked them in West Cork? I flag. will be asking them. And you think that they turn it down? Is there such I, a I, thing as a flag for the Sacred Heart? Yes, there is. Okay. There's a few of them, actually. Okay. Okay. Do you really think that Jesus, a big fan of Jesus myself, just like you, would have a problem with gay people? Do you really think that? Jesus condemns the sin, Neil. Here we go again. Right, here We're we going go back again. to Father Sheehy's preaching. Yeah. He condemns the sin. It is intrinsically disordered. Who said he did? 
Christ himself. Well, like, who, how do you it. know that? It, because somebody wrote it down on his behalf. Pick up the Bible. All right. Why do you think Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed? God, God obliterated Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the Old Testament. It's the Old Testament. Yeah. Yes, it that's is the before. Old Testament. That's before. I'm talking about Jesus. That that's got nothing to do with Jesus. He wasn't. He Jesus, wasn't even con- right. Jesus will condemn the sin. Okay. All right. It was like the, have, you any compa- was have you any compassion for people and want them just to be happy? Look, Neil. I don't care what they do behind closed doors, but I do not want it in my face seven days a week, and I certainly do not want it. Where children are, sexualising children. We have these men dressed in dresses, coming into libraries, dressed up like Christmas trees, reading stories to children. Now, why don't they bring in grandmothers or grandparents or say there are people here maybe in, in homes and hospitals. They're quite fit and able to come out. Sure, like, why don't they do it then? Just do it Do it then. Don't be condemning others that do it if you don't do it yourself. Because they won't have them. Because okay, you see, right. the child will look. The child right. is drawn to these men dressed up as Christmas trees. Okay. Reading okay. books to children, and it's absolutely shocking. Okay, we're back to the issue of it not being age appropriate. I accept that point of what you're saying, yes, Maureen. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm going to run out of time if I don't clip along. I have another couple of things to do before quitting time, and I'll pick this up in the morning. I promise you. Nina, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Um, I got about uh, 90 seconds, so go for it. Uh, Yes, sorry, but I was seriously disturbed by hearing the first caller claiming that he brought a book and then he destroyed it. I mean... He brought he brought in his own book and tore it up in there. He didn't tear up the property of anybody else. And they deny any kind of abuse. Yeah. Yeah, of course they do because abusers will never admit that they abuse other people. It's uh, it's it's in their playbook. Uh, well, we're calling and people liars now. I'm only taking what people tell me at face value. I don't know. I, I mean, to bring a book in the library and then destroy it, I, I guess he must. Yeah, he must be feeling pretty proud of himself. But it's he does uh, not. He does not, and others weird. don't believe that it's age appropriate for a child to be able to read a book like this. It isn't anything that's just common to Cork or Ireland. There is criticism, but of all over the world. Yeah, but I just uh, looked up this uh, book online and I ordered it out of uh, Amazon. And it says that it's age appropriate for children from 14 to 17. This is what it says on Amazon. And I read reviews and there is apparently one chapter concentrating on... um, well, uh, LGBTQ, and it also says that if anybody has a problem, they should just skip this chapter. No, it's but all LG- re- it's all LGBTQ. I'm told some of it is quite specific about the sex acts, but the rest of it covers yeah. different chapters. So what? So no, I've, I've, this, so what? <laughs> it's, it's not it's 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 not up to me to say so what. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, and I would prefer people to be happy. The issue seems to be age appropriateness. I mean, I'm sorry, but I would be very happy if we would be taught in school about these things because we weren't. We we had like one hour in biology class mm. uh, and they taught us about periods. They gave us, I don't know, condoms and pads and this stuff. And that was it. Yeah. We didn't know much, so we had to learn about other things later in life. And I really believe that children should be taught because you're 
you are you need to educate kids not withholding information from them because they well, will look it up themselves and they will get sexual, I know Stephanie says the kids are that children very young children have sex but what if it what if it promotes more children to have sex at a younger age having read it encourages, I mean, encourages uh, is the word I should use uh, in my opinion, they they are. I mean, the age is lowering now, okay. and they we don't know what they are doing. Parents, they don't know what they are doing. This is why it's important that they know the basics. They know how that they know how to protect themselves and not to look for solutions after. Okay. It's, it's okay. vital that they they know this because we are. We are educating young people. These people will be adults later and they will not have this vital information. This is why you have so so much violence. This is why you have Andrew Tate type of people around and they are listening to him instead of proper education. Okay, I'll pick it up in the morning. Thank you. The book is called This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. Back after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. We live in a rapidly changing world, don't we, in many different ways. We'll pick up that conversation in the morning. Last bit of business this morning, though. Day one of Cheltenham. The broadcaster and journalist Joe Seward is there yet again. Doesn't miss a year. Happy to be back there on day one. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I've been coming here since 1984 and uh, it's uh, still probably one of the best weeks of the year. And tomorrow I hope to have an opportunity to drill into it a bit more for it with you, but I'm under pressure now. Um, one of the big things this year is the change in the use of the whip. What's that about? Yeah, that came in in, in the UK in January and uh, jockeys are only allowed to hit their mount seven times. Here in Ireland, you're allowed to hit your mount eight times, but there are other consequences. If you exceed that seven by four so if you hit your horse 11 times, the horse could, even if he won, could potentially be disqualified. Wow. There will be an inquiry into that the following week. So because it's, it's cruel, is it? Is that why they've reduced it from 7 to 6? It's not. The whips are, um, are, are made with safety in mind and, and the animals don't suffer any pain. Ideally, you know, a whip is used for steering a horse rather than to hit a horse. Um, so I've know, seen them flake the bejesus out of them in the last hundred yards, though, and they're going in a straight yeah, line. More, more often than not, they're waving the whip. You know, there are certain jockeys do breach okay. it, but okay. these new regulations are definitely going to, you know, put a lot of pressure on jockeys. They'll have to decide whether to win at all costs or maybe to lose. Or be banned or fined, is it? Exactly. Yeah. And okay. In the past, we've seen Irish jockeys fined here and banned. We go back to the eighties. There was a big witch hunt against two Irish jockeys, Joe Byrne. And Tommy Ryan, and it caused a lot of furore that time. There was a touch of anti-Irish sentiment people felt. Now, what's the buzz like? The buzz is electric. It's building up. The champagne bars, the Guinness bars, the tented village, um, the seafood bars. It's all leading up to a fantastic occasion. It'll all culminate on Friday with the Cheltenham Gold Cup. And there's a huge Cork connection here this week. Joe Donnelly, um, a former Cork bookmaker who now lives abroad. He's got a lot of key horses today. He has the second favourite in the, the champion hurdle a horse called State Man but he's taking on Constitution Hill who is seen as the best horse in national hunt racing at the moment so he's the hot pot on day one but he won't make anybody rich but he is, he's been touted as the next huge, great white hope huge connection as well for Cork this week Davy Russell's riding 
Davy Russell's riding, and for me, the best bet of the week will be on Thursday. Horse Davy Russell is riding Mighty Potter. Uh, Davy retired on the day of the World Cup in Thurles just before Christmas. I was there that day, but he came out of retirement again in January because Jack Kennedy, Gordon Elliott's jockey, got a bad injury, broke his leg for the fifth time. So Davy stepped in, and no better man than Davy aboard. He'll be riding Mighty Potter on Thursday, one of the best bets of the whole meeting. Another Cork jockey, Paul Town. Is that Paul Townsend is, is, is riding? Paul, Paul Townsend, who's from Middleton. Townsend, my apologies. Be, yeah. yeah, he's favoured to be the leading jockey at the festival. He rides for Willie Mullins, who's had 88 festival winners, had 10 winners last year, and they have an embarrassment of quality horses. Paul's biggest problem will be deciding which of the Mullins horses to ride, but he's got a number of good rides on day one. He rides El Fabiolo in the second race, the Arkel. He rides Facile Vega in the first race, and he has a ride for Joe Donnelly in the champion hurdle, a horse called um, a State Man. But as I say, he's up against Constitution Hill, who's going to be the star attraction on, on the first day. That's the 330, isn't it, the champion hurdle? I got the odds on that one from Paddy Power at 1 to 3 on Constitution Hill, one, so nothing one, to see one there. To three, he, yeah, he's the shortest price favourite in many, many years uh, in the champion hurdles, going going back maybe to the days of Isterbrack, who won three champion hurdles. So he's not going to make uh, the ordinary man in the street very wealthy, but I do know one friend of mine has 11 grand on him to win four. So um, he, he obviously believes he can get beaten. Uh, way too brave for me. Give, me. give me something that you could actually win some money on today, will you? Okay, well, I, I think Galliard de Menil might win the last race for Joe Donnelly. Again, he's, there's a lot of short price favourites today. There's not a lot of value today. Um, probably another Joe Donnelly horse, maybe a little each way around 8 to 1, Brandy Love uh, for smaller stakes. That, that runs in the mayor's hurdle against Honeysuckle, who, uh, you know, Henry de Bron having lost his son tragically earlier in the year. Honeysuckle should have been running in the champion hurdle, but this is likely to be her last race. Um, she runs in the mayor's hurdle, but okay. Joe Donnelly has a nice mayor in that race called Brandy Love, who just for small things might be worth looking at. But I'll let you I get to the first... Keep your powder dry for Davy Russell on Thursday, Mighty okay, Potter. Well, listen, I'll let you get on to the first rate of half past one. Before I let you go, though, the great Jordan Bracken's tips for today, right? Uh, and he has a lot of success for us in Cheltenham every year. In the 130, Marine National at 4 to 1. In the 210, El Fabiolo at 5 to 4. In the 10 to 3, Into Overdrive at 7 to 1. The 330, Constitution Hill. The 410, Marie's Rock at 5 to 2. Uh, the 10 to 5, Biker at 11 to 2. And the 530, which I'll pronounce wrong, I know, Galliard de Mesnil at 10 to 11. What do you think of them for apples? Yeah, Galliard de Mesnil was a horse who I think is a great chance. Joe Donnelly owns him, the Cork bookmaker. And one of uh, Jordan's other tips, uh, Marine National, he's being ridden by a young Cork jockey, Michael O'Sullivan, who's from Lambertown. Michael's father won in Cheltenham in 1991. William, a horse trained by his uncle Eugene. And Eugene's, Eugene's daughter, who's Michael's cousin, is also ridden the Cheltenham winner. So it's embedded in the DNA of the O'Sullivan's wishing Michael, who's a young jockey who had just turned professional, this is going to be a big day for him. So wish him a lot of luck at the, oh, at the festival this good week. Good luck to you as well. Enjoy the day's racing. We'll chat tomorrow. That's uh, Joe Seward um, at Cheltenham. Uh, these bets are for fun, lads. Don't go losing your house on it, for God's sake. Remember, we're counting down to Mother's Day and I mentioned some great Mother's Day prizes. You got a text or email, neil at redfm.ie text 0868104106 Tell us all about your mammies. We have four 250 euro vouchers from Michelle Jewellers. We got lunches for four at the Metropole. We got lunches for four at the Cork International Hotel. We got bouquets of flowers and Shandon flowers. We 
We have a wonderful overnight stay package down in Faith Lake Hotel with the seaweed bath and the spa and all sorts of wonderful things thrown in. I'll tell you more about it in the morning, but you need to text 0868104106 and tell us a story by email to neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.